Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review, Better Call Saul, Season 4, Episode 9 of Vita Zen. It's the recap breakdown, and I am a guy that is humbled by my own stupidity, somewhat, somewhat like that. It is an absolute great episode of Better Call Saul. I'm excited to be here to talk about this and break this down as we lead into the season finale. A lot of shit happening. We have the amazing case of the disappearing Jimmy, uh, disappearing Jimmy, disappearing German. We had uh, Jimmy, Jimmy and Kim spreading further and further apart it's the it's the the death knoll of the relationship and it keeps going up and down which i like because it's like life it's not as simple as oh everything's great everything's going to shit at one moment something could be great the next moment things could be a shit verna has panic attacks and we also got to follow the adventures of 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 uh the salamancas and re re-meeting the new version of Hector Salamanca and uh, seeing his family, seeing Lalo, who Lalo, if you didn't know, was also in Breaking Bad. Now, in the episode in season two, when Saul Goodman is kidnapped by Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, taken to the desert, Saul assumes it was Lalo that abducted him, and he starts begging for his life, blaming Ignacio, or Nacho, for what happening, swearing he'll always be friends with the cartel. After realizing Walter and Jesse's confusion, he understands he's mistaken and mistaken them from Lalo in size and relief. So we have heard this name on Breaking Bad before. We're finally meeting the character and interacting with him again. I believe he might show up in season four too. I, I I'm not sure, but that's what I do remember him from. But I'm not alone. Of course we're not alone. We get the live motherfucking chat, and. We we I I love waking Joe up, <laughs> keeping Joe up past his bedtime. We've got Way past my bedtime. We get Joe I Dirty Lock. Like hour nap on the couch today. Well, it's good to see you. And hopefully this episode kept you awake this time. And you got oh, to no, watch yeah, the episode. I didn't. I when it started, I was I was still like half asleep on the couch. I almost made it like to awake through. I shouldn't have laid down. But <laughs> it was interesting. I didn't fall asleep during the episode. So. It was interesting because there were so many moments in this episode, Joe, where I thought it was going to get, we were going to get a big explosion or something weird was going to happen. When Varner was down in the pit uh, messing around with all the bombs and stuff. I mean, I think, I think at least I thought in that moment, I was like, oh, he's going to blow up here. He's going to die here or something. But I never once thought there was going to be any action or, like I thought, the I thought what we saw was, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't expect anything more or less from the show. No, I just mean in that moment, I expected it to, I expected the him to set off the dynamite for a second. I got, I got this trigger feeling just in the pit of my something television spider sense. I was like, oh, he's gonna die here. Something's happening with this guy in this episode, and it ended up being that he's escaped and basically. He's dead. He's a dead man. Next next week's episode, or I do you think that he makes it out of this whole situation alive now, or does Mike find him? Um, the only chance he gets to make it out alive is Mike actually finding him and bringing him back. Right. Other than that, if he's he's gonna hope Mike finds him before Gus finds out about all of this. Correct. I think so. But then again, I may just have you know. I maybe maybe he's just dead now, Joe. And like, I guess that's because, because I guess Mike knows that all like who he's working with and what's going on. He couldn't tell any of that to the old guy, so it comes down to Mike knew Mike Mike did the best he could to keep these people safe. You know, like 
and it's not and, and everything with Kai. Kai ended up being kind of like a good soldier with him, and you kind of knew that was going to happen. It was to throw you off, and Varner was going to kind of go in the other direction because he's too smart. He's smart enough to watch and keep track of what Mike's doing to be able to work around it a little bit and figure out figure out an alternate to the camera to get the the thing to to short circuit the camera to get Johnny Five's alive. No, to, to, to give him the opportunity to escape from that situation. And I think I think what this show does so well, for me anyways, is, and I guess that's what I'm trying to describe in that moment. I knew what I thought was going to happen, wasn't going to happen. It's like they're playing this really complicated game of poker. And basic poker thing, we, Joe and I talk about this sometimes, but a, a one rule of like reading tells when people don't know what they're doing in poker, they act strong when they're weak. They they act weak when they're strong. But when you get to the weird level, it's when the people you're playing against know that. So are they faking that in that moment? So you think, and that's just a basic thing. And I think with Better Call Saul, there's an element of that. It's what we, what I think anyways. And in the moment when I'm projecting what hours of shitty television have done to my projection of what could happen on a show. And I'm sitting there thinking, I know what's going to happen in this situation because this is what happens on X show, Y show. And this, and they go, we know that. And we're bending shit. We're giving you something you've yeah. never really seen before. They, shows. They're, they're taking their time in a way to give us, and I agree with what Blowfish said there, this is one of the best episodes in the series. I, I think so many episodes this season, you could say it's one of the best episodes in both series. They they talk a lot on the Better Call Saul Insiders podcast, ding, that's the time, for, uh, my pub for that for the day, about how this is a different show. They didn't really take the time in the same way they did with Breaking Bad because they were keeping to the narrative. And that's not better or worse, I'm just saying different. It, they do a different thing in this show. It, for somebody, for, it's for some people. It might not be for others. But what they're setting out to do, this character ex exploration, this deep shit that you only see in big, long theater shows, really. The time that they take and the way that they focus, or, or movies, the art house movies at times. The way they're shooting some of the shots where you see people's head over the couch through the whole scene. Or you can see multiple things in every action. It just adds so much freaking delight and and I'm not used to it yet because so many other shows don't do this Joe true it's it's uh it's you can't and you can and you because of what they do you can't do what you were saying with this show you can't do it with like most seasons of Game of Thrones if you didn't read the books you know there's some there's some television out there yeah and I I don't want to see coming, and this is one of those shows. Yeah, and I don't want to make it seem like it's mutual exclusive to Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. Other shows do it well. You're right. Game of Thrones, if you didn't know where it was coming from, just from a television standpoint, I would say it, a long time ago in a in a galaxy far, far away, The Walking Dead flirted with that as well. Just yeah, flirted, flirted, flirted with it. You know that there we can rewatch. They, they fell right into like uh, catch TV, as yes. far as I'm concerned, but it was still entertaining enough. To, to, to the subject matter, you know right, what I mean? Right, like, and to keep but you, they fell into it pretty early to on. To keep you into the edge of your seats a little while and kind of go in a direction you're not, necess not necessarily expecting. Right. But let's go into the live motherfucking chat here. Uh, best episode of the series, Blowfish. DJ Better, hey, I'll just finish the episode while I had some tense moments. I loved uh, DJ Better sent me a review of last night's Fear the Walking Dead episode, something, something along the lines. I don't have the exact words in front of me. That was stupid or something. It was like a, it was a three-word review. Stupid. That was stupid. Yeah, I thought the same since iconic. Worf, yes, Worf is back in the house. I decided to bring my at least the wheel and the Deep Space Nine thing back in until I move uh, because uh, I no longer have to show the house to anybody now that it's officially sold. 
I wish I watched this show so I could. Uh, I wish Peter Griffin in the live chat. I wish I watched the show so I could watch your stream, Phil. I can't get over Saul is 10 years older after Breaking Bad, yet playing someone 10 years younger. And he plays that so well. They add with makeup, with hair, the way they adjust his hair in this balding level. It's it's little subtle things. The way he dresses has a big difference to it as well. He's dressing the way Saul looked was a little bit more weathered later in Breaking Bad and going through all of that. The way they dress him down for Jimmy. And I also like how we're seeing a few more Mr. Show moments with him doing character voices from uh, Mr. Show. And I in, in the Better Call Saul Insiders podcast, they talked about how last week when he did that voice of the congressman, they asked him to do – basically they were – they didn't ask him, but they were all secretly hoping that he'd do one of his characters from Mr. Show. And he did. I, I forget the character's name, but it was a, it was a half – it was it was Jimmy doing a version of Bob Odenkirk doing doing a character for Mr. Show. So I like how they're bringing more of Jimmy's comedy or more of Odenkirk's comedy into this season a lot more than the previous seasons. And it, it's working because he's bridging that gap to become more Saul Goodman <clears throat> or more like that. Uh, hello, Worf. Yes, the Klingon friend is back. Hello, Steph Snow. I missed you as well. Great to see you in the live chat. Oh, no, I think Mike is going to find him and kill him, even though he doesn't want to. It's going to change him. And I, I think I think agree, I agree. It's going to be a hard kill for him. And it's going to it's going to be a difficult situation. But he knows he's going to have to do it because this guy had all the chances in the world. No, 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 no. I don't think Mike's going to do it. Do it, Joe. Tell us I why. Think, I think he brings him back, reports to Gus. And Gus has people do it who do that sort of thing. Right. Okay. He ha he has his. You don't have Mike do it because you don't need to have Mike do that. So you don't have Mike do that. You don't put Mike in that situation. You keep Mike as clean as you can keep Mike. Right. Maybe. I, I don't know. I think Mike is one of those people that he this was on his watch, so he's gonna want to handle the situation himself. This is my problem. I this is my problem, Gus. I'll handle it my way. And he he'll end up handling handling it his way. I think anyways. Steph Snow says I don't watch Better Call Saul, yes, but I want to Yes, say you're hi. right. Yes, you're right. And then Gus finishes the handling the right way. <laughs> like, that's I mean that's what I think I personally think the fate of all Germans on this show is death from Gus I don't think Gus is letting anyone walk out of this situation alive except for my, or any of the people that aren't on his team but that's just my impression of this this whole time that he's going to do a Magar Targaryen where he kills the people that helped him build uh, build the Red Keep so no one knows the secrets but him I, I tended to think well, that but that's why you used the German outfit to begin with Right, so it's outsourced, so you so you you never have any contact. They don't even. They might not even know what state they're in. You know, they were picked up in fucking Texas and driven to Arizona. They were picked up in yeah. fucking Florida, the, or some shit. The only know, thing like, they can go by is the call girls. That's the that's the and they might have brought them to California to, to that strip club. Who knows where they actually brought them? So uh, I'm happy. Wharf's back. Steph Snow, I'm happy you're back. Even though you don't watch Better Call Saul, just to say hi. Uh, here's a little bit of an announcement coming up. The next next week, Joe will not be with me on the Better Call Saul finale podcast, but he will be with me the uh, night before. Uh, he uh, he's lucky. He uh, asked. He said, uh, "I can only do one." So I, so I want to do I want to no, do the Walking Dead. No, so Joe no, will be no, here on Sunday to do the Walking no, Dead premiere with me. You're not. You're working no, on Sunday now. I it's a fucking holiday shift. Oh, so I will. Something. 
I didn't sign up for it. It's just it happens to be my holiday shift. I didn't know until the schedule came out like two days ago. Okay, so Joe asked to work so he wouldn't have to be here for the Walking Dead premiere. <laughs> no, I did not. So Joe, oh. won't, so I take back the announcement. Joe won't won't be with us it at sucks. all next week. I I because it's a it's a finale and a premiere and back to back. I got to work both days. Yeah. It's supposed to be my weekend off. So actually, I'm working. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So, okay, so no, no, I did so, not so, so, no, so, no, so no good news. Forget, forget everything I just said. Screw no that. Good news. All <laughs> fucking shit news. Screw that shit. Okay, so let's go into the live chats. But I will have the live motherfucking chat here, and we'll try to get Joe to call on in on Walking Dead Night. At least, I will be watching. At least, I will to, at least to be rant. watching the premiere. Yeah. And uh, we people are going to need a rant that opening night, Joe. So, so we we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. So let, let's let's go back to talking about something we'll good here. Something out. Yeah, we'll go back to talking some. We'll talk more about that off the air. So. So Bliss is nice. I'm watching. Joe is live, so I'm watching fucking live. Hey, Jay, great to see you. We got Bernie the Burnt in the live chat. Negan sucks balls. Oh, my God. Neganisms is starting this week. I totally forgot about that. I so want Rick just to jump in the helicopter. Okay, we'll talk about that soon. No way that mini hacksaw blade cut a master lock in a few hours. That's my takeaway from tonight. Uh, I That, that must have been a long, long process that he was going for. The Blowfish says, I love... I love the change for a dollar skit for Mr. S Mr. Show. Yeah, great stuff. Just saying howdy from Miss Empress. Great to see Miss Empress in the live chat tonight. Mike, but Mike does become a hitman. He does, and he does take care of business like that. So I think, I think, I tend to disagree with Joe on this one. I think Mike does end up going to the dark side, so to speak. Here, bring on the criminal criminals. I think if Mike doesn't handle it himself, Gus wouldn't trust him as much as he eventually does. I had the word eventually, but I, that's almost exactly how I think they're Blowfish. Uh, Blowfish is blowing. Who does, who does Mike kill? I think Mike kills uh, Varna. Oh, later on, uh, later on in Breaking Bad, he just serves as Gus's number one with all points. And so we, we know that Wait, Mike. Hey, man, who does he kill? Who do we actually see Mike kill on Breaking Bad? I it's been a while like, since I know he Breaking... tries to kill uh, Walt, right? He would have killed Walt if he had. Like he shoots at him in the in the lab, doesn't he? I I honestly, people in the live chat tell me I'm not gonna. I don't want to embarrass myself. Right now, I'm so deep in Better Call Saul, it's hard for me to remember specific elements about Breaking uh -huh. Bad. Uh, we can look that up relatively easy, and I'll trust the live motherfucking chat to throw me uh, throw me some information like that. If Joe feels anything like me, I bet he's wanting to get on the helicopter and leave The Walking Dead. Yeah, he's asking to work, so he doesn't have to be here for the premiere. <laughs> I kind of want Kai to live. I think Kai might live as well if someone said what Germans might live. Uh, so will there be a what will does Joe think next week? Pause. Yes, at the end of the week we'll get Joe on. I miss you guys, and I don't, and I miss you all, and I don't watch that. What's up? We got the Madman Marts in there. We got Joseph. He Shawshank Redemption there, and he worked on worked on it for eight nights, and he uh, <laughs> he put a put a poster of a hot chick up there. He kills a bunch of people when he sh oh yeah he shoots the uh, Asian dude in the head, and he also takes out a bunch of the cartel guys. Absolutely, yes, he does. Now that you say that, I absolutely remember that. Mike does get into Gus's war and does kill a bunch of people. Mike killed a bunch of people. There's a YouTube mashup of all his kills. He shoots a bunch of no names. So there's no he shoots a bunch of red shirt guys. He kills the guy who hijacked the truck. So yeah, Mike does eventually become documented evidence here from the live chat because it's I trust that as much as watching it myself right now that Mike does eventually become a killer. Joe, do you wish to change your stance about how he handles the German situation, or do you still think Mike 
we get more of that between this season and next season. And Mike tries to let this guy go, and Gus te- teaches him a little lesson, like slaps him on the wrist and goes, "No, Michael, <laughs> this is how you handle a situation." No, my- Michael, kill him then. Yep, J- Joe's down for kill. MDK, murder, death, kill. I mean, really, a show should only get three seasons after that. It's over. So let's not waste any more time, Joe. Let's let's just let's just get into this shit. Enough. Uh, quit our barking and start our fucking sparking, and let's get to the motherfucking recap. So there you go. I, now I, I was gonna put I was gonna push the button. See, I can never click it when it's supposed to go. But now let's do it right now. <laughs> okay, enough of that. This episode's too fucking thick. It's too fucking layered. It's too fucking awesome for me to waste any time with jumping up and down like a fool. To, I just need to get back into this. But, of course. I have to jump around like a fool for a second. Every time I hear that music, it's like a Pavlovian dog response. Can't help myself. <laughs> so... We open up on Kim's ponytail as she's walking in and she's heading into Lubbock, Texas as she's on her on a scam. Her eyes are like a drug addict. She's obsessed. She's really in on this scam hardcore. So let's listen to a little bit of Kim. Oh, I really hope so. What can I do for you? Uh, my firm submitted plans for Mesa Verde Bank. We're building a branch here in Lubbock. Oh, sure. I think I saw that come through as I was cleaning up, refiling all our plans. Internally, I realized I was missing one of the old versions. Okay, there's a lot to this, and I'm not going to play every single second of of this particular uh, con here because it's a lot. It's a lot of subterfuge, a lot of fun, a lot of good business between the two. I like watching Kim be in on the scheme. She's really feeling it, and she's really kind of getting off on the whole situation. Uh, and looking at it, and this poor woman, I kind of feel bad for this poor woman through this whole situation uh, that she's responsible when she gets conned here. But does, is the juice worth worth the squeeze on this one? It's for what does it end up, end up being for fifteen extra thirteen percent bigger building, right? But my question is: is was this because she fucked something up somehow, or was she just doing this for sport? Like, does Mesa Verde know that this is that right? They're getting a bigger building. I don't know. Did they she? Yeah, did a she, smaller building. Did she run this by? I don't think so. I get the feeling because they don't explore it too much. I get the feeling that she did this on her own and sort of just slipped it in. It's a little. Hey, it's going to be fifty percent. Did we get any planning of this or talking about? It? I don't remember. No, just last week at the end of the episode when she said, "I have a plan. Let's do more. Let's screw. Let's screw people over more." And then. In this episode, she kind of turns it around on Jimmy a little bit and goes back at him with but Hugh, like, I did that for you, but but you liked it, and you came back and said, let's do more. But she wants to do it in this situation for her work to benefit her company. At first, what I thought she was doing was screwing it up so Mesa Verde gets, gets fucked over and can't work so she can do less work and still get paid. I thought she was kind of doing some sort of scam to be lazy so she could do more pro bono cases, but it seemed like she was just doing it to do it. And I don't know if people in the live chat or anyone that's listening, you can call in at 781-990-8509. Let me know what you guys think about this Kim situation. What exactly she was trying to do. Was she just trying to do it for sport and fun? Was there an actual, any real merit to it? A 13% 13 is incredibly large. Like that's, that's like, think about some of the buildings, you know, that they build around here. If they were 13% bigger footprint, they wouldn't fit in the plots that they're put. So excellent point by Joseph in the live chat and Joe uh, Joe agreeing with Joseph there. So 
then she had to have told them or is she just hoping this all comes in under the radar and this and and is going to smirk about it and go oh it was a screw up in the oversight and blame it on the other company so they have to pay for it or something or uh, like i'm not just to get them screwed out of building more building like it to I'm just curious of what her like Mesa Verde. I mean, we'll listen to her talk it talk to Jimmy here in a bit, so we can try to get piece this together a little bit. And and I kind of I'm really curious to hear what she how she explains it again when they get into a little exchange. I'll, I will play all of that, but uh, let's continue in this scene a little. Let's go in the live chat. Paul Q. Hey, I didn't see the episode yet. Just saying hi. We get Lindsay C. Iconic says clerk uh, clerk from leftovers. Oh uh, oh wait, it's Mesa Verde thing. Was it the 13 percent? Yep, the 13 percent. 13%. We had some late changes to the conference room dimensions, so there were different versions. Oh, I'll, I'll come around to you. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> and she plays into it. For some reason, she decides to go in there with a limp. I guess that's probably a Jimmy thing that said go in there with a distraction. So you, the person's automatically off balance and feeling bad for you. So you go in there limping. So okay, she's. I missed that from last week, Bliss. Sorry. Sorry, Phil. Oh, no, it's okay. I thought they wanted a, I thought they wanted a different building, but last week she said it would be too difficult. This week, Kim was changing her mind, so Mesa Verde could get the building they want. Okay, so that's what happened, Bliss. I was going to ask about that. When the guy said, when she said to the guy, no, we can't do that. So I now. Get, Thank you, Bliss. Uh, Bliss figured it out, or not that it was something to figure out. Uh, Bliss allowed me being an idiot to figure it out. That, that ultimately she's doing this so she can be Scotty. So she can come back to Captain to Captain Jim and go, I'm a medical worker. I put it together. I got the building code approved. So, but still, it's, sc it's scammy. And I guess maybe she's just going to pretend to... To not show her work really and just say, "Well, I got it done," but I don't know. Good point there. Although it's not clear, I think they explain. I think they'll explain it more next week. Uh, definitely watch Ozark season one and two. Uh, yeah, lots of uh, Ozark love this season in the Better Call Saul recaps here. And uh, to answer your question, Joe, yes, Joe has watched Ozark, loves it, and we will yes. eventually t talk about it. And uh, or we have mentioned it a lot. There's. There's some drunk rant at the end of one of our podcasts where we talk about it and we'll find we'll find an opinion to watch or find an opportunity to talk about it again as well. Uh, we're going to be doing something cool in October that I got to talk to Joe about off air, but uh, but we'll have plenty of extra time in that at that during that. OK, so let me continue. So we, we come back in. She's checking the plan so far. Everything is good. She asks about the foot and some fake ass shit. So here comes she also mentions that she has a kid an 8 an 8 month year old kid that she's having take care of by her brother and sets up that her brother is a piece of shit or an idiot and here comes the brother Jimmy and this is what I mean and what what I said to Joe earlier over the clothes and where Jimmy where Odenkirk's playing more of a comedic character and I love this shit Hey lady um, he's fine, but he's very hungry, Bill. and he's like Bill. a little eating machine. Bill. Could you sniff Bill. this for me? Where's Aiden? He's fine. He's in the Wrangler. Just take a smell because what? it's a little funky. You left my right? child in your Jeep? Yeah, I cracked the window. Just, <laughs> what? <laughs> Jason Voorhees says, the adventures of Jim, uh, Kim and Jimmy lasted as long as the sharpness on my machete in any movie. Give me the keys. I'm not going to check it. Where are you going? To get Aiden because you can't leave a baby in a car. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh, man. Go what? Get, go get the what baby, What did Bill. I do? Help well, her. it's only been a minute. Uh, I didn't know. Sorry. 
<laughs> Bob Odenkirk is so good he's, in this role. It's he, just ridiculous how well he changes gears. How well he's able to do like uh, when he's when he's playing these when they have him play these little these little cons and like this one like the hearing later like he gets oh, the hearing later. I can't wait to talk about that. The 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 focus he gets on the character he's playing, right? And even in the hearing, even though he's trying to play himself, trying to play himself, uh, it's it's fantastic. Like you can see the subtle details, the subtle differences in all of it, and it's all so the same. Yeah, and it it's is wonderful. It's almost like in there's a lot of actors or comedians or whatever that you almost think that every it's weird and this is where we get into something that's i don't know i'm not to say it's it's anything beyond just luck or whatever that it's a credit to writing too it's a credit to writing credit to the whole production design but i mean with odenkirk that every one of his talents fits perfectly and it's it's i think that's a credit to writing they write to his talents they they know when to just let him go off and be right. they and knew be what bomb. they had they knew they already had a okay, so they had the character from Breaking Bad, right? So they got to write this, they had the character, and they also had the actor playing the character in mind, so they got to write it for him. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. And they and they and they were hoping he could do this and they wanted him to do this and they knew how hard he wanted to how much he wanted this. And they believed in him. They just kept giving them material. Michael McKeon definitely being there, I think, upped his game at the beginning and allowed him to go. He he. This is Bob Odenkirk talking about this, having Brian Cranston there during Breaking Bad, and him and him those two being close and building it up and learning a lot from Cranston and seeing his transformation all influenced Bob Odenkirk. And Bob Odenkirk just has this urge to be better, and he just kills it in this role. And this is this is his ultimate prize getting to play this part because he plays every part of every part that's great about Bob Odenkirk every character you've seen him play on how how I met your mother on so many other sitcoms when he's popped arrested development I mean it could go on I could sit here and name 50 yep. sitcoms where he plays a reoccurring character where he pops up I'm not going to do that Saul Goodman on Breaking Bob's B- Burgers everything just everything I mean literally Mr. Show and and this takes all of that, combines it into one, and uses all of his talents for the best that we can get out of Bob Odenkirk. Not the the best we can get out of Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, we're going to use him up every inch of him in, in, for our entertainment. But I know he, he loves it in what Blowfish said, even though we do on this show believe that all those award shows are a pile of horseshit. I like watching them. Joe doesn't. But we both think that they're a pile of horseshit. Bob Odenkirk for this episode should be the one that's nominated. We're going to get to it at the end because I don't want to talk too much about it now because I really want to break down that scene. But the the end of this episode, all of Odenkirk's acting from the once he loses the scene, once he once he once he loses his appeal or not his appeal, loses the the hearing, him <laughs> freaking out from that point on in the end of the episode. When he just snaps into it and it's no more holding back, it's just the pure that's all good. That's the the Saul Goodman gear. Gear. Yeah, he goes right to burn it all down. He goes to burn the one stable thing. Like crazy. I'm not getting my license back, so I might as well start this fight and lose it all. Yep. And I've I've been that person that where you're saying this shit out of your mouth and you're just letting 
you're burning it all and you're thinking while it's going on what's happening and he played both emotions while he was saying and his eyes it 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 was just chilling on and real like like really fucking real dude and i just think that deserves some consideration with the awards because it would mean shit to him fuck what it really means it would mean shit to him to to get an award like that and i think he deserves it it reminded me a lot of Tyrion in that episode uh in season four when he's just like i, I should have let you all burn you motherfuckers and i'm not going to talk about uh talk about the the specifics of what was happening for no spoilers but uh, it reminded me of that moment when you, someone just breaks and it's no more pretense. You want to hear the, the real fucking way I think right now? Bam. Here you fucking go. And I loved it. And it's a big build up through this episode. And it's more than than just that, though, because the things that he's saying isn't they're malicious. He's he's picking a fight. Yeah, he's like, ta- yep. she's trying to calm him down. And he's uh He's attacking both the, the panel that he just talked to. Joe, no, I'm not attacking her. a panel. What the fuck are you talking about, panel? Go fuck yourself, panel. You're an idiot. You're talking about panel. It's just anything. Like, he's picking something. He's finding anything, a spot, right. and, he's an atta- and he's attacking. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean to start a fight with you. No, no. Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly, exactly what he's trying to do. Like, it's... He... It... It can't be his fault right now. Yep. I... I... I 100%. And I love how he just doesn't... I mean, we're getting a little ahead of the game, but I love how he just doesn't compute about the Chuck thing. It, it like just he didn't have to go in there and run a con. Nope. It, he didn't have to go in there and run a con. Did, okay. That's, that's a, the point. That's you know, a different like, question, Joe. Do you think, do you think that he was running a con on the second, on the last question? I think he was running a con the whole time, but I think there was some element. I believe him at the end when he's oh, saying to Kim. Con always has some element. No, he wasn't running a con the whole time. He, I mean, he's been running a con for a year, right? He's working at the 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 cell phone store, and he's getting that award, but he's doing it shady, right? And he's got, but he's, but he's, he's not running a con to them. Look at, I kept my job. There's the letter. I got this other letter. I got all your references. I kept my nose clean. I did everything you guys told me to do. But then when it comes to it, and they ask him. The personal questions, the what do you think questions, the how do you feel, how do you feel? questions. How do you feel? That's where he starts running his con, and he doesn't need to. He is Jimmy McGill, the man that's been in trouble. Like, they know what you're in trouble for. They see in all these records why your license has been suspended, why everything that's what you pled guilty to, who it was involving. And, like, even Kim says it, like, what did what, – what they say when you said you bro- about, talked about your brother? Why would I mention Chuck? Beep, beep, what does beep, he have to do with does it? Does not like, compare. It's all a con. Like, he didn't have to go in there. He should have just went in there and been himself. Right, and had the so information. one time he didn't need a con, and he, and he fucking tried to con a fucking room full of con men. I They're think... all fucking lawyers, idiot. They Would he have passed it if he answered that last question with Chuck? Yes. Yes. I agree too. I think the con would have worked if he had just been smart enough and emp- empathetic of how they might feel about Chuck. And and his, to mention right, because- to mention Chuck, he just couldn't do it. He was so on script of his con and so locked in on that Didn't moment. That something to do with the board? I like they all know Chuck. Uh, I don't they, know. Everybody knows Chuck. Everyone Chuck knows Chuck. They all look at Chuck as a, as like an icon. I'm sorry. He's, a, he's right. Exactly. He's, he's an icon. 
So like, so like, of course, the, Jimmy no to a couple of people that knew him personally that really liked him or had like mentor moments from him, learning moments from him, you know? Yeah, that what that the uh, the the woman that was talking, the one that really got upset about it, she must she might have been a, a major colleague of Chuck for how she wanted just wanted to hear his name, or they just might. Or they knew the story, like Kim said, or, or it's as simple as what Kim said. They knew the story, and they needed to show that he had some contrition, that he did something wrong there, or he's thinking about his brother, or yada yada the fucking something. Jimmy, you you're too smart of a con person like, to go all in there had to and say was my brother, and to not think even for a second that they would want to hear about Chuck. It's it's yes. it's 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 really a big time oversight. Let's go. Yeah, Bet he should have just. He should. What that that very last question? He only needed two fucking words. My brother. <laughs> yep. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Of course. That would have sufficed. Yeah. She would have. She. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Quick look. Of course, my brother. Simple. Simple as that. Simple as that. Done. You win. You win. Like, he should have been smart enough to what know that he didn't have to say anything else. Yeah. Uh, he should have. Thrown his, he should have used his brother if he was playing a con. He's still that mad at his brother. He should have used his brother. He can't con. because if he goes there, Kim was. We got to see how he really feels when he's attacking Kim, and we'll get to that at the end of the episode where he's basically saying things to Kim like she is Chuck, the way she's judging him with her her eyes and bling bang bang. That's all that shit coming out that he's been holding inside. The reason why he can't mention Chuck because, because he, he's been doing he's been doing shady shit the whole time. And and because he also feels like, yeah, I'm glad he's dead and I hope he burns in hell and he can't he doesn't he can't say that or he can't admit it that to himself, but really what he's feeling is is I'm I'm not I'm not sorry the motherfucker's dead. I'm glad and I hope he burns in hell. This is what he, I think is what Jimmy's really thinking and he can't cope with that feeling and doesn't want other people cuz he's embarrassed by that feeling to a certain extent but that's just my little weird thing let's get into the live chat a little bit here before we move on kim has larceny in her heart but jimmy has some demigod of larceny plus he has bad luck he can't help but going that far i think k rich as always brings up a very interesting point that is a factor in conning and gambling no matter how good you are and shit there's a luck factor and jimmy has bad luck he's he's unlucky and anyone who tries to think that in that game or in whatever game you're playing, there isn't an element of luck is lying to themselves. I know you hey, make your own luck, but Jimmy has luck bad is luck. all just percentages. Percentages are just that. Jimmy, they work out good and they work out bad. Jimmy, just, They happen to fall in the bad right. for him. Jimmy, Jimmy hedges his bets and makes sure that they, they, they work out worse than they were. He, he makes sure his bets go bad. You know, drunk at the end of the night when you start pushing your money. He bets, he bets red and black and it comes up green. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Joe. And I agree that Kim deserves some awards recognition. The whole show does at this point. Hello, we got Lady Laura Dane in the live chat. Great to see all of you guys in the chat talking tonight. Good to see all of you guys. She definitely deserves an Emmy next year. She was incredible in this episode. That scene when he comes back into, we'll talk about it in a little bit, the scene when she, he comes back into the house after they fought and she's just sitting there drinking a beer. All that nonverbal communication is so 
tough to do. And so many shows don't do it. They tell you with exposition over and over again. This show- I'm the guy with nothing to lose. Well, if you were, you didn't have to say it. Right. J- Jimmy, why'd you walk? Why are you in the other room not talking to me? No, they didn't need to say any of that. She said it all in her eyes. Everything that needed to be said was in her body language, her eyes, and the way they set up the shot where they had the split. And you saw them both in two separate areas as now they've ultimately split on some level but she still wants to bring them closer she's inching closer and closer to him it was so it that was got gave me the shivers that gave me the ooh as, as she was inching closer standing behind him like no don't give up on me jimmy i'm not giving up on you yet and i i stress the yet mm-hmm. but but uh let's continue in the live chat here there's no way this season ends without jimmy getting his license back I tend to agree with you, Jason, and if not, you're going to have to uh, – Jason takes the license licensing boards, Friday the 13th, part part 13. Is it, would the next one be part 13? I don't know. I'm surprised it's uh, – that seems kind of sketchy to me. Like, oh, you failed this. We don't we don't like your answers, so you, you failed. You can't take – you can't interview with us again for a year. That seems kind of weird that there's no appeal to it seems kind of weird. Well, there is an appeal, but Jimmy's just saying the board that will hear the appeal will hear that they thought I was insincere and and disingenuous. means I'm going to lose. But Kim's going to go in there and kick some ass, and he's going to get his license. And she's going to convince – and then we already set up that all the criminals know him as Saul Goodman, (laughs) so he's he's going to change his name or make his legal work name Saul Goodman. It's it's going to kind of go in that direction. I, I think and I, I also think that when I when I was uh, it reminded me a lot of when I couldn't couldn't pass my license test. I, I took my license test twice with the same person. I passed it on my third time with a different person. The first time I took it, I legitimately failed. I, fu- I fucking sucked. The second time I did everything right. Everything right. Everything right. And the guy at the end goes, I'm sorry, you, I failed you. And I was like, voila, I did everything right. And he said, well, you seemed nervous. I, I said, what? seem nervous you failed me last time and you're looking at me while i'm driving it's fucking crazy it's horrible and i failed and i didn't take my test for a while and then joe grilled me for three hours that's a different story altogether for one night where he made me drive around for i want to say it was like six hours of driving and then i passed my test the next day but 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 beside the point but so it's like one little thing that he failed it for you you're telling me i did great for everything else but you failed me because i didn't say my brother at the end that's fucked dude That's fucked, dude. Fuck you. Yeah. So, I don't know. It all means nothing unless you say amen at the end, dude. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't count, Joe. It's like... (laughs) That being said, it it doesn't... It's like when you say that being said at the end, it doesn't really matter. I knew I couldn't go without making Game of Thrones reference. I can't help it. That and the Deep Space Nine reference. I mean, you can't blame Jimmy for lacking empathy after all Chuck put him through. I know Jimmy's a conosh, but still. Lindsay C., I agree with you. Chuck put him in a position where it's hard for him to even conceptualize that. He tried and he tried and tried, and the person he actually had all that empathy for was Chuck, and Chuck just kept spinning in his yes. face, essentially. It's- right, but that's where it's you're running a con. If you're running a con, you're running a con. It doesn't matter. You can do it. You do it. You do what you need to do to get what you want. Like, you don't care who you step on or what you do to do it. You do it. Right, like do what you want, do what you want with my body, Joe. Uh, like you, 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 so to to say, Chuck, it's it's not that big of a thing. Also, it's because you know who you're. Listen, 
you it's it's biting your nose to spite your face you know who you're talking to you know there's a, a likelihood this was a one of the most respected men in the in the field in this in this state you know so you know that there's influence here you know everything that this that was that got you your license lost revolves around your brother chuck right it's absolutely something they are looking for in this interview is not empathy to chuck is not you know i love chuck but they want you to at least mention him and honestly that's what why you got into law in the first place it it's was the honest chuck. yeah it's the honest answer to that question it's the honest answer to that question that so it's or like it's like it's like yeah you're giving the devil it's do by saying it but it's also the truth it's like it's now like, hey, the truth hey you want to know what fuck it i started smoking because i wanted to get close to a fucking girl there you go i wanted to be fucking cool <laughs> right no hey, that didn't work wasn't cool really fucking fucked my health up <laughs> jason but hey, that's the truth of it right come on and anybody else who says otherwise about their their own reasons for why they picked up a cigarette, they wanted to be fucking cool. They wanted to fit in. Go fuck you if you if you say otherwise. Straight up, I know you. Ah. Oh my goodness! I, why you keep smoking isn't to be cool. It's because you're fucking addicted, and that's the nature of the beast. But, yeah. What did you think? What did you think? But yeah, it's Chuck. It's Chuck. You get the devil, it's due. Move the fuck on. You know? Burn a Chuck effigy, a doll and effigy fucking after you leave if you need to fucking clean your soul from its dirtiness after fucking slipping the Chucky out your teeth. But come on. It's the truth, it's sincere, and it would have gotten in this license. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could argue with you. I do agree with you, too. Uh, with most of your points there. So let's go. Super says, I so get why he didn't mention Chuck. I mean, I had this emotionally abusive stepmother who's essentially Chuck to me. And it'd be so rough to show her any acknowledgement in any kind of situation. Jason says that camera angle in the bedroom was so Oscar worthy. And I Thank get you, Katie and I worked on the, Oh, you're talking about that, that show still. <laughs> well, what show? Oh, so this... <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. What were you guys talking about? Wait, what was going on? Uh, it was pretty difficult to be empathetic towards someone who treated you like it is pretty difficult to be empathetic towards anyone that's treating you like absolute garbage. I agree with that. Hey, listen, listen, listen. I, I have people that I feel like, you know, uh, I have people in my life that I feel like have really wronged me over my life, over my childhood, did awful, horrible shit to me, right? But hey, I'm a better chess player. I'm a better <laughs> basketball player. I know where where those things are too. You know, like that's just that's the sad fact of it. You know, my brother treated me like not the best person, and you know, didn't show me the love that I wanted from him. You know? But I know that uh, I was better at these things because of it. There's a lot in my life I'm better at because of him as well. You know, the devil gets its due. Yeah, it goes. It does go both ways in some situations. It's it's the 
those people in your life, they're your those people in your life. So it's in some situations you're protective of them. And I think Jimmy is for a long time as well with Chuck. It comes to a point where he breaks down. But if Chuck had lived, who knows how that would have gone around? Who knows how they might have not become friends or anything changed. But he probably they probably would have worked. Uh, wrapped around each other again and things would have kept happening between the two of them Laura, lady laura Dane says seriously i need to watch the show i always think about the scene with chuck reading to jimmy when they were kids and it makes me hope jimmy shows some type of love for him before the show mm-hmm. ends and also the letter that he wrote jimmy that we heard that jimmy wrote read so mockingly it was the closest thing towards being proud of him that we ever saw come out of chuck's mouth Seriously, I need to watch the show. I think he's so mentally fucked when it comes to the subject of Chuck's his bliss uh, that he can't think clearly. Mentioning Chuck was so obviously the right decision, whether he was being sincere or not. And I think that's what it comes down to, too. Not being necessarily empathetic right. towards Chuck. It's being able to read the room. But instead, yep. it, I, it's very believable that he just had a block to it. Because he's emotionally yeah, shut himself. He doesn't even think about Chuck. Because when you lie to yourself about a big thing like that, the easiest way to tread water, the easiest way to keep going is to tread water, is to not think about it. Concentrate on other things. He's been so wrapped up in his cell phone schemes and thinking about opening his office and wrapped up in Kim and building up all this anger and frustration to the office situation with Kim and transferring that anger or sadness. If you're really fucking sad about something and some horrible shit happens in your life and you bottle that up inside, it's going to come out eventually. Eventually, that bubble is going to burst out, whether it's out your ass, whether it's somewhere somewhere else, it's going to come out. And it comes through Kim to him eventually. I think he's building up over the course of this year as he's burying those, burying those Chuck feelings. He's giving this passive anger towards Kim about getting her shit together and having her stuff and separating from him professionally and not having that touchdown end game of working with her, being with her, you know, having everything he wanted, the respect of the team of Wexler and McGill and killing it as the two of them. That's never going to happen. And he's transferring a lot of his Chuck anger out on that. Joseph says the only way he doesn't get his license back is by running some sort of con job with the ethics board. Oh, the only way he doesn't. Yeah, I think he's going to get it by Kim's going to help him. Yeah, they're going to run some sort of con. Some sort of con on it. Yeah, they're going to get it together. Use their powers for good. Getting Jimmy's license back back because he needs that. Bliss says, I think he's so meant. Oh, I already read that comment. Uh, damn, Joe. Joe's getting all deep, says Heineken. Lady Laura says, I used to smoke, Joe. I started because I thought I was cool. Smoked for many years. Now i glad to say it's six years smoke-free. Quick cold fucking turkey. Awesome, Lady Laura. Miss Empress says, I, I, I took my first round of driving tests in the Royal Blue Camaro. Failed miserably because I couldn't parallel park to save my life. Second round from a vehicle from driving school. Failed inspection. Oh, duh. <laughs> And let's go. It hurt me to hear Jimmy lash out unfairly at Kim. He was seeing something that wasn't there, and it was unfair of him to do that, DJ says. And I agree, DJ. And it was so real, too, because I've been both sides of that situation. He says he was just lashing out, and still at the end of the episode, she's not done with him. She loves him deeply without a doubt. Lindsay says, yeah, but you can't deny that Jimmy has a strong point when he said mentioning Chuck would be so insincere of him. He's not entirely wrong. So maybe he did think about it and he thought that if I mentioned Chuck, it would be that would be too bullshitty. But he needed to know, I guess, in that moment, again, read the room. We know it's easy for us. We're outside of the situation that in that moment when she said, who's your well, who's your influences? 
that she was poking for a Chuck mention. He just said, oh, of course, my brother. You know, my brother, my brother was an icon, an icon in this community. I mean, he could have even taken a piss out of it a little bit and shown some passive anger, but at least have mentioned him. Like, been, like I can't go without mentioning my brother. Yeah. I don't care what happened between us or how I feel. His influence as a lawyer was paramount to me becoming the man I wanted to be. His, he, and part of part of your penance and sentencing and all that is to, in at least the public's eye, right? You always hear it on every show you ever fucking watch. That's like documentary, so and so did murder, right? <laughs> Make, like, making the documentary the murder. Thing, when they made their statement, they showed no remorse. You know, like watch them sit there with no remorse as the jury reads the verdict. Like, like it's about remorse. And they know that part of this licensure loss was over the brother shows some fucking remorse. Also, the brother just died six months ago. Show some fucking remorse. This is someone, this is now a deceased guy, you know, like even he's, He's deceased. Let go of the bad shit and prop up the fucking legend or whatever. You're his brother. Yeah, just, <laughs> do, like... just do it in that situation. Uh, yeah, but you can't do that. I bet Kim gets Howard to show up to help Jimmy to get his license back. Good point, Jason. Uh, Howard probably will play a part in this situation. Uh, third round went back to the Camaro and failed I again. bad for Howard. I think he always liked uh, Jimmy. I really do. And I think he's going to go to bat for him in this situation. I, I really do. I think he's going to say, I, I think he's going to go. The reason why Jimmy didn't mention Chuck in his hearing or he thought he's insincere because I fucked things up. You know, it's all my fault. And Jimmy's a great man. And I, you know, like I, I, I got Chuck killed. And so he's blocking off. Like Howard's going to basically take, take on the responsibility for this situation. Howard's going to help out Kim. Good point. Yep. Whoever said that in the live chat, Jay, I will get to your message at in a little bit. It's Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Great. Awesome stuff, Jason. So let's go back into the episode here and zip through this a little bit because we kind of did talked a lot about the Jimmy. Well, the we G jumped right to the fucking the end. Jim and, and we'll just yada yada those situations when we come back to them, play a little bit of audio from I mean, them. Was three, three, there was three segments to this show. There was the opening con. There's the, the tunnelers, right? The, the builders. Yeah, well, and then there was the hearing. And to our next segment... We come into the the uh, let's go. Oh, so Kim comes back in with the milk everywhere. Okay, so we come back in and we're listening to the newlywed game, and we're at the we're at the uh, the home, and we see Hector, and here comes Lalo Salamanco and Nacho. Lalo's like fuck, and he's a very interesting character. He gets into he right with Hector. He wants Hector. He starts figuring out how to communicate with Hector immediately spots that Hector is in there and connects with them. They talk about how he's reminding that they killed some guy and they burned all of his family. At first I thought they were talking about, about something to do with Gus, but I realized they were just talking about somebody that someone random that Hector killed at some point and that they burned this guy's house and all of his family down. And then Lalu went back in there because he wanted, he wanted, he's a sentimental and he wanted a memento of the situation. Cause he's like Norman Bates remember on Bates motel. Bell. Yeah. He wants to remember, remember this bell. It was a little bit, Oh, here's the bell. And so they, he brings out the bell and, uh, and Hector's fingers, uh, give me the bell. Give me the fucking bell. And we hear it. It brings back so many memories. It's amazing. We hear the bell. We hear the bell ring for the first time. 
Vamos, tío. Otra. Lalo loves it. That's a song. And I think he, I think Lalo is going to be a very interesting character in season five of Better Call Saul. I think we're going to get a lot more into this element, and then Saul's going to be a lawyer. And at first, I thought Kim wasn't going to be back for next season, and I thought Kim's storyline would be wrapped up at the end of the season. Now I'm not so sure. I think Kim will probably carry on into next season as well yep. and finish off her storyline at the end. She's just too good to lose from the show at this point. And I would have said the same thing about Michael. Her storyline will wrap up at the beginning of next season, I think. I, I tend I to agree with that as well. And when yeah. when – when Saul goes full on and with the Salamancas representing them, because we do know that he knows Lalo and and his works had already knows Nacho, but he, if he knows Lalo from mentioning him on Breaking Bad, then we know that he eventually works with him and gets involved in that storyline. So I think Lalo gets picked up on some stupid fucking like no bullshit, nothing charge under his fake little fucking name or ID, and Jimmy has to get him off, and that's where Jimmy's like. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I got an idea. I'll change my name and become and get my license. And uh, someone said the Hector's acting. This scene was pretty fucking awesome, especially he breathed. It's 100 percent clear how he's feeling and thinking. And this actor, I don't know his name offhand, but he is such an under. He's one of those underrated character actors that's been in so many things. He has and is always awesome in it from Oz to Breaking Bad to I, I mean, I could just mention Carlito's way. Uh, the, I'll just name those three so I don't start blanking. But there's so there's so much more that he's in, and he's he's incredibly talented and incredibly fucking awesome. So let's continue here. And Lalo, the actor that plays Lalo, is playing at the balls, and I'm very excited to see him. He's got some very good lines. So uh, they they ask if they want to talk about the chicken man, and they do that. Lalo's du- and they also send Nacho out of the room at one point in time. And he's done. Heads out. Past- man. Chicken man. Oh, but I no. I think no. I think he referred to him as the. Chi- they, he also calls him the chicken man sometimes, like meaning like. The- I heard him say the ch- our Chilean friend or. Okay, fa- fair enough. But maybe I heard chicken. I had chicken on my chicken on my mind. I, was, I wanted some. Uh, I wanted some fried chicken. Uh, polo hermano. <laughs> yeah. Mmm, delicious. And I believe Lalo when he says it's such delicious chicken. So uh, so we come back in on Kim and Jimmy who have some ham- pancakes and are celebrating their victory. They're like two teenagers. Jimmy's got tons of coffee and sugar and is going he's going I'll be a lawyer again and he says and this is where he s- lays the seeds for becoming Saul Goodman essentially. It's Oh gosh, this is big anticipation. What's going on? Do I, do I have the do I have the right? Uh, I might. Sounds not... like your mic's hot still while you're in the toilet. I know it. That's that's what it's, I was on the wrong clip actually. We just drove 300 miles to scam Lubbock, Texas, so that your client can have a 13% bigger bank branch. Don't get me wrong, I loved every second of it, but how was that using our powers for good? And she basically says, if we're going to play, we're playing my way. 
you know, if we're if we're gonna do this kind of weird weird games, you know, we're doing. I, I don't care if it makes Can't fuck people over. We have to make it better for people. Yeah, we have to do it by my way, and I'll know when it's right. I'll have I'll have my little spider sense, and I'll figure it out. Powers are for good. <laughs> and we continue here, and shame, shame. Oh, don't forget, we're gonna get to the Lalu and uh, Gus Gus scene. <sighs> So then we go down the hole. We see we see the dynamite kid Kai doing what he has to do, being the boom guy, setting it up. Varner's there as well, and and then a truck pulls up. Action, action! Jackson here happens. Everyone checks in. Mike's running the game, and Kai and Varner talk German with no subtitles. And Mike is on the loose, or there's a loose wire somewhere in the somewhere in all the setup. And Varner's gonna go and check. Mike's like, shouldn't Kai go? And Varner's like, no, I'll go in here. No big deal. No, it's my job. It's my, yeah, it's my job to go in there and figure it out. I'm Doc Brown in this situation. If something goes wrong with the whole setup, I have to go and fix it. So he heads down there. He climbs down. And every time I'm – this is what I said earlier. Every time I'm watching this or watching this scene, I'm expecting this guy to die. And and he's uh, he's he's checking out the gimp. Or the wires, if anyone knows what GIMP is, definitely looked like GIMP. And he's checking the wires, and he smells something and starts to shake. It looked like at first he was starting to have a stroke or something, but he's having a panic attack. And he says, put yourself together, you idiot. And he, for some reason, just him being scared, the music, the combination, the scene, it made me feel very uncomfortable. And in a good way, in like a good television way. Like I felt tense in this moment. Very tense. I can't explain it. And because there wasn't really anything tense happening, if if there was different music in this scene, I pro- it was probably the music more than anything. Because if it was if there was different, I would just do. It was like Star Wars cantina music. You yeah. would have felt differently about the scene. Yeah, or if it was, or if it was like this music or something, was like happy. I mean, it was just like happy boat sex move music and stuff. It would be it would be ha- very happy. So uh, so yeah, he goes down. He ends up fixing everything, and then they try it again, and everything explodes. And if people. I guess Probably. I, I guess we should talk about this a little bit, but I'm the whole scene where they sync up the truck driving over the grate. They probably figured out makes the most sound during the explosions to kind of shield the explosion sound. I thought was kind of a cool touch. I, I'm not sure how much it would help, but I guess they probably practiced that and they've done it a few times, so it it helped a lot. It's just the right t- place, at the right time, and they got the timing of it down perfect. So Kai wants Mike to drink, and for the first time, we almost get Mike smiling as he has a beer. No, 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 I'm good, thank you. No, we don't accept this. You can't be always on duty, Mike. Come on, Mike, have a beer, have a beer. So Mike comes over to Varner, and he's like, dude, what the fuck's up with you? And this is where we get into a couple of these really awesomely shot scenes, visually shot, where they shoot, they have this setup here where they have... Mike and Varner, just their heads over the couch cushions. And you can just see their heads. And then in the background, you see all the other guys playing basketball. And then there's something else going on in the other side of the shot. I, for, I forget exactly what it is. There's just multiple things going on. And they're they're just, playing volleyball. Or whatever, yeah, whatever they're doing. It's, it's really cool. And they did that a couple times in this episode with the Jimmy and Kim scene at the end where they're both in different areas. And th- there's one other moment where, uh, where I'll probably have it noted in the – Noted in the in the note noted in the notes. So why didn't they why didn't Mike just offer to fly this chick out to him? I thought that's what he was going with when he said, Do you really really do you really, really want to see her? Why couldn't he do that? Why couldn't he take him out and fly them both to an undisclosed vacation area for four or five days somewhere privately? 
I mean, I guess he's thinking you're, you've been late on this. We've catered to you guys so much. We can't cater to you. We can't keep catering to your demands. Gus will not deal with this. But but I don't know. I think Mike probably, when he's looking back on this, could have handled this situation better. He had a good working relationship with this guy. He probably could have figured something out. Do you, do you think he fucked up here, Joe, a little bit? No, because the, they have for lack of a better term, oh, Jason, a contract, right? Jason like, Voorhees is saying Mike is learning the half-measure lesson, no half-measures. Right. Which is also what the... You're, my, good point, Jason, because that's that's the point of this whole episode, right down to the final board, the final meeting with, with Saul. And <clears throat> with our little nacho drug dealer thing in the in the den um which was the lesson that you know salamanca dude the fucking uh whatever ding 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 dude hector you see this repeated scene that hector did right so from uh earlier last season last season i think maybe or this earlier this season last season uh well, that fucking lost Mike. Yeah, so no, I think he, I think he fucked up. I think there was, there was things he could have done, but he definitely needed to be like, no, listen, we have a contract. We shouldn't have. Uh, we've taken too long as is. You know, he was definitely right in the things he said, but there was also more that could have been done. Yeah. Like, why didn't they offer to take? I don't know. It's I guess the, they could the have brought her there. It's a little weird. They could have. They could have. I think maybe when they brought to the strip club, it should it should have just been handled a little differently. Uh, but I don't know. That's for smarter men. That's for people like Mike to figure it out. Funny how uh, Bluefish is funny how it said it would be crazy to go against Don Ilario, but uh, Gus takes him out in Breaking Bad yeah, later on. Uh, so I think maybe the solution to that would have been to either not be nice to this guy at all and make him feel like he even has an opportunity to ask about this, or had offered to fly them both to a undisclosed location themselves. Like, say, do, fine, you and your wife can have a weekend in Atlantic City or something. So, something like that. Or or for, at a tropical island. Or get Gus to find somewhere, a safe house for them to go in the middle of nowhere somewhere. He needs to see his wife, and then he'll be charged to do the end of this thing. Or not even say anything. or And just kind of handle it. This is my business. But I don't know. I think... Maybe being a little, maybe we're being a little nitpicky. I think this was a no-win situation uh, with this guy, and this guy was going to break. And that's kind of when we look back, he was a little too emotional. He was, he he got drunk and talked to people because he was looking for a connection. He's a lot of a few too many long stares and emotional moments, and trying to connect with Mike as a friend because he needs that connection. He's having panic attacks because he doesn't have that one person in his life to be a rock to right now, so he's freaking out. So uh, so I don't know. Uh, Bernie says that rock was so fake. It took me out of Warner's Barnes' fake panic attack. I feel like they're living in a Sam's Club <laughs> uh, because there's a job to finish. From now on, I'm referring to Hector's as the ding ding dude, dingity ding 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 dude. So let's continue here, zipping through here. So we're, we're, he's lost. He's adrift without his wife. He wants to go. He, Please, can I just go for four or five days? And Mike's like, dude, listen, no, <laughs> no, listen. You want you love do you love your wife? Do you really want to see your wife? And yes, I do. I really love my wife. And I, I feel for you, but sorry, dude. You can't see her. Uh work hard and you'll have more money than you ever can deal with. So uh 
so yeah, not much more to say about that until the end here. Uh, this guy doesn't take that, and he figures a way out. He Andrew Dufresne, Andy Dufresne's his way out of, out of this fucking place, as someone said earlier in the live chat. So, uh, and he didn't even have to climb through shit. He just needed to create a little, uh, a little MacGyver device to get himself out of there. So here we go into, oh, we see Lyle, another Breaking Bad cameo with Lyle from, uh, from Polos here with Gus saying, Gus, uh, there's, uh, there's some fucking Salamancas in here uh, and, uh, they're annoying to me. Or no, Lyle's from earlier in the season, whatever. We, uh, we see, uh, or, for, or last season. So uh, there's some Salamancas here again, and I'm kind of scared. And then we get this whole scene. I want to play there's all this because this is because this was one of the best scenes of the episode, one of the best scenes that Gus has played, and he's had some good moments since he's been back on Better Call, better back in this universe, back on Better Call Saul since he's been on Better Call Saul. But to me, this scene right here, from beginning to end, is the best I've seen. Is my most interested I've been in a Gus moment. It, it's just the, the interactions between these two, knowing the subtext of what probably both of them are thinking, that Lalo is kind of going to fake. They're both faking in different ways, and I and both actors are kind of killing it here. So let's listen to this, and then Joe and I will babble about this for a little bit. Man who just came in, and I know that it's been a while, but I was just like, he is so familiar. I think it's one of the guys that, you know, made all the trouble last year. And not uh, the, the main guy, which is why. Mike to Varner, say my name, Varner. Michael, you're goddamn right. And if I am who you think I am, Varner, if you if I am who you think I am, Varner, I'd say tread lightly. <laughs> I need, where, where's David when I need him? <laughs> totally sure. I see. He's not doing anything, though. Uh, he and the other guy were... <laughs> Jay said, I just looked up someone's YouTube channel that had over a million subscribers and no content at all. Holy shit, they probably just bought the million subscribers and then they're going to upload right. context, content soon. But look, we got a million subscribers. Or maybe they just wanted the award. They wanted, they wanted the gold statue that YouTube sends you or whatever it is, the little, the little play button. So, they, so, they, so they, bought this, they bought themselves a play button. Fucking ridiculous. They, Jay, that, that cracks me up, dude. Thanks. Salamanca is fun to say, Bernie. Food and they're just sitting, but I, I thought that you want to know. Thank you, Lyle. It's a toss-up. Who's the better bullshitter, Jimmy or Gus? I say Gus. Gus is so polished. And we're gonna, I'm going to play the rest of the scene because I really do want to listen to the scene. But, Gu, but Gus is super polished. But I do, we do have a super chat donation from Easy Mac. Phil and Joe keeping it real. Lots of love, Easy Mac. Joe is going to take a shot. I'm going to spin the wheel, but it's going to... Oh, it landed on everyone drink. It landed on everyone drink. Holy shit. Baby. Now I'm going to give you another spin, a real spin. Everyone drink. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's toast this up to Better Call Saul as uh, Joe, Joe and Katie are p picking some shots. But I'm going to take a sip now. But mm -mm -mm. I bought some beer. It was horrible. So, I'm drinking champagne. But Easy Mac, thank you so much for the super chat. It means so much. I'm drinking champagne, too. Oh, you are? Really? Yeah. I, I'm, to oh, I'm, drinking. I'm, totally, I'm totally drinking champagne. Is that what you call, uh, is that what you call tequila? <laughs> it is your champagne. The champagne of champagnes. <laughs> it is or uh beer is if you go with the miller it's the mexican champagne here we go so someone came in and let's let's play a little bit of this why we're why we're pouring take care of it i'll do it
Stay thirsty, my friend. Is everything to your liking? Are you kidding me? This is the best chicken I have ever had. Oh, this is true. I'm delighted to hear that. No, really, I'm serious. I mean, it's crispy, but it's not dried out. And the seasoning, it's so flavorful. <laughs> Thank you. Is there anything else I can do for you? Is there any chance, and I know the answer is probably no, but is it possible for me to meet the owner? I am the owner. Really? But How lucky for me. But DJ, to answer your question, is Gus. Gus, Gus has a fine science to his bullshit. Oh, that was horrible news. He's going to be incredibly dangerous for Saul next season, I bet. If Saul gets to a point, as I was mentioning at the beginning of the episode of Breaking Bad, where when Walt and Jesse kidnap him, he thinks that it's Lalu and he thinks he's in major trouble, that it's Lalu. If we're getting to that point where where Saul is that scared of this guy that he thinks he would get to a point to kidnap him, then then some fucked up shit's going to happen next season between the two of them. I can't wait for that. As much as I love the Kim and Jimmy, I love all the sec separate segments that's happening this season. This Joe was mentioning this earlier. We basically talked about the Jimmy and Kim situation from beginning to end. We will play some audio clips from it, but we didn't mention any of the other stuff because it's so separated from everything else in the episode. Equally as awesome, it's not like some shows where I go, ah, this is the worst part of the show. I like this character, this character, this character. I wish they wouldn't focus on this character's storyline. I like something like... Uh, Shameless is an example of that. Some of the characters on Shameless, I like following, and I like the, I like their storylines. Some stuff, I'm like, oh, do we have to follow this character? It's fucking stupid. I don't want to follow this storyline. And But Better Call Saul, unlike a lot of shows like that, doesn't really have one of the storylines where you're like, ah, I wish this shit would, shit would end and they get back to Jim, Jimmy and Kimmy. It's more, I just want more of it all. And each one could carry an episode on its own, and the way they mix everything is really awesome. And I love all of this Gus and. You think no. that could be a standalone Kimmy episode? It was just a Kim episode, just a, just on Kim stuff. Yeah, like Walking Dead does those, right? Like, no. like just this person, just that. You think they mm -hmm. could? So you know they could do it just a Gus episode, right? Because that's like they, exciting, fantastic shit. Do you know what? I think they could, but I don't think that's the show that they wanted to do. I think no, I, they did do it with Mike, though. There was one episode that was just a Mike episode. Yeah. And well, that's why I'm wondering if they if you think they could do it with a Kim because everything, you know, I've done a couple of article articles. I've perused a few here and there talking about, you know, other people's thoughts of the show and uh, there's a lot of talk about Kim being the big catalyst behind Saul Goodman and his downfall or whatever and the biggest influence and in all this shit. So like, do you not think she doesn't deserve it? She, or, you know, I mean, we have had episodes that were basically revolved around Kim. I would say this show has right now three leads. It has uh were you blowing kisses to Robert? Yes, I was blowing. Bill, Phil called, awesome. he called me a sexy man beast. So yes, that kiss was to, <laughs> was to Robert in the live chat. Thank you, Joe, for being aware of who I'm throwing my kisses to. That wasn't, did you think I was like kissing off your opinion? Like, Joe's opinion. <laughs> so but, I was like, did you just blow me a kiss? And then I looked at the chat like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> so so Gus and Lalu sit down and we have this really awesome conversation. What may I do for you, senor? Where again we get to a different layer of their bullshit. But to answer your question, do I think Kim could carry an episode? I think she has. I think she's carried the heavy game. A couple of episodes this season have been very Kim heavy to the point where her storyline at least was a big half of the episode. But to answer the bigger question, this show did have that Mike episode, episode five of season one, but it's a far different show now in season two, three, and four than it was in season one. It was still getting its sea legs in season one. I think now the show it is, it needs to have the ebb and flow of the storylines to kind of be the dynamic thing it is. Also, I wanted to mention that in last episode with something that they were trying to do, the bus scene, they said they initially tried to shoot it or there was talks and they set it up that they shot it on like a green screen instead of on location just to kind of save no, some money. And they, they shot it and they said, this isn't our show. And they ditched it and reshot the scene on location in Lubbock, Texas and set everything yeah, up. With him on a bus. With him on a bus. Crowd around in circles. Yeah, crowd around circles because the light. They, they said they tried it and they said – Fuck this. This isn't our it's show. Just, it's not. No, that's not their show. Like, like in from like what they put Breaking Bad on film. Right. Which shows a level of Joe, art. Joe, right. You, of, of like artistic integrity, film making integrity for what they're trying to do that you throw a green screen in there like that. It takes their whole from. All of it, Joe. Just uh, on the, on what you just said, because you weren't here the, this week when it happened, and I don't know if it was one of the one of the episodes you might have missed. But in the episode earlier this season, when we get the Saul Goodman appearance, the the flash forward where he's in the future and it's in the Breaking Bad timeline, it's the first time and he's we, burning all the documents. Yes. They, all yes, they went and Better Call Saul just didn't and solidify. Got the, got the scenery out. They got the scenery out, but Better Call Saul, if people don't know, is digitally shot. Breaking Bad was shot on film, as Joe just mentioned. For that scene, just that scene, they shot it on film. They went back and shot that fucking scene on film. To keep the the, the, the continuity of the look. Dude, they did it. They actually fucking did it. <laughs> Isn't yeah, that fucking incredible? Isn't that incredible that's that much? They have thought put into this past what we get. We're not used the past, to past not what we get past what like they have the little detail it's the it's the little details it's paying attention to and i i, I, I not say only this, does the devil get its due but the devil's in the details the devil is in the details <laughs> uh hey phil we got oh we got uh cat oh, goodness holy shit hey phil and joe haven't seen the show yet just came in sound off to give you guys a thumbs up thank you for the recaps thank you for popping on in the comment section and leaving your thoughts is fucking awesome do you think lalu is dead by the breaking bad timeline no because because uh, Saul mentions him. So I do think he's alive at some at that point in time. Holy shit, we got two Super Chat donations. You guys are fucking amazing tonight. Really do appreciate it. Robert says, spin that wheel. Don't care how. I just want it now. Don't care now. I want it now. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. I'm spinning it again. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. He didn't want to do push-ups. <laughs> oh, no. I don't even know what I was listening on. I'm not even trying. Joe Drink. Joe drink. Katie. Spin. <laughs> For Shields. Shields. Thank you so much, Shields. Shields says, oh, I go. Oh, gosh. 
Shields, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this tonight, but I'll, I'll try. Shields, I get to make up a song. You get to, I have to make up a song for you. You give me the topic. Shields, email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com or throw it in the chat right now and make sure I see it. If you if you know, I'll try to remember. But, her answer. but email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com your idea oh, for shit. a silly song. Just like a 30-second uh, blurb. Just get, can be the most ridiculous shit you want. <laughs> And I'm gonna give you a let's give it a second. One more spin just for the love. Okay, so let's continue with this discussion right now as Joe comes back. Salamanca, Eduardo Salamanca. And Joe, do a character impression of Saul Goodman doing a character when Joe comes. Ah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know any Saul Good like uh, characters of give me, of Bob Odenkirk. Give me your be- give me your best better better call Saul. Give me your best better call Saul. <laughs> I love me. From like the commercial. Yes. <laughs> you put me on the spot. Okay. Uh so no, I'll I'll give you I'll give you a non a non-attorney paid spokesman. <laughs> For better call Saul, attorneys at law in Mesa Verde, Arizona. They got me out of two DUIs, three felony burglaries, and one home invasion. All with just probation. So call better call Saul. There we better call Saul. Because I think I need another DUI attorney tonight. <laughs> this message is brought to you by <laughs> my camera wasn't on that's fine that's fine it worked it worked anyway you my, come... camera, my camera wasn't on but okay. thank thank you guys so much for the super chat donations you yeah, have no I clue how much they matter kim Second. losing her license over jimmy would be heartbreaking probably even more so than her dying do your impression of Saul Goodman doing impression of Bob Hope doing an impression of Mick Jagger <laughs> it just comes off like fat Elvis somehow Robert somehow hurry baby sorry <laughs> just do the dancing in the streets fucking song oh, that would be horrible okay so, is, that, is that uh Mick and what's his name <laughs> dancing in the streets <laughs> I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid of Americans. Okay. I watched that video and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? That's that jackets. The hair. The fucking bad fucking corpse fucking zombie dance. Oh my god. He's done much better in thriller, that's for sure. Oh my god, Shields. Okay, let's hear a song about Rick Grimes' final episode of The Walking Dead. Okay, so if if I'm gonna try to copy I'm gonna copy paste that right now, so I'm trying to remember. Let me copy that and paste it paste it somewhere so I can fucking That's a remember. Good one. It's a good one. Uh, if you can email me at I got at gmail.com uh, to remind me about that, and I will do that for the first episode of The Walking Dead. I will try to have even like a 30-second little blurb for 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 Rick's for a little Rick leaving the walking dead or if something occurs to me tonight in the moment I'll pop out on and on it but uh otherwise <laughs> otherwise I'll, I'll try to remember that but uh let me text myself or something I'm 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 getting drunk off champagne so I might forget it tomorrow but oh no w- you will email me perfect okay so it'll, well, well it'll also be in the chat 
Oh, that's true. I always forget. I always forget that the chat now is is saved, so we don't we don't have to worry about it disappearing anywhere. Okay, so let's continue. J- Phil, Joe sounded like two bozos that found the Red Sox banner. We're trying to do the right thing here, dude. We're trying to do the right thing. I found the Red Sox banner. What Red Sox? What happened? I think when you were doing your Saul Goodman impression that you, that the Boston accent was coming out, you're like you sounded like the guys from Celtic Pride kidnapping Damon Wayans or something. Right. <laughs> dude, I'm from Boston. Joe, that's a bad video, but you haven't seen an amazing bad until you've watched David Hasselhoff hooked on a feeling. Oh, no. Don't, don't hassle the hop, man. And He's out there doing his thing. I've been in yes, a matter of years for many years. You have how many of these restaurants? Seven. Seven. And starting from nothing. That's incredible. What may I do for you? Starting from the I chicken. I come here on behalf of my entire egg. family. This scene reminded me of a scene from The Sopranos where there's two people talking that just have that aren't saying anything to each other. There's nothing being said. Ultimately, it's just, yeah, I'm going to kill you. I'm, I'm going to kill you, too. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I'm going to kill you. Oh, hey there, how are you doing? I fucking hate you, you piece well, of shit. Well, that's just it. Everything is being said. Everything is being said in not... in the, now, now we sound like... Uh, Niles, everything's being said and nothing's being said. Nothing is nothing leaves nothing. Motherfucker had something. Motherfucker catch you in the mouth. What about that red AMC Javelin Nacho was driving those cars so fast? It was insane. Watch that video. I'm telling you, Joe. Watch the fucking video. Watch the hoff. Watch the hoff, he says, Joe. So he asks, uh, Lalo kind of tries to set him up a little bit or poke around that, uh, you know, we should, we should, uh, Don Alario's pro- probably trying to perpetuate our problems. And, uh, and you'd be an idiot to try to fuck him over and which, which was mentioned earlier, he eventually does make a move on them. And uh, it's just, it's, an, it's a very cool scene between the two of them. I mean, play the whole thing. But... Things. Well, for what? For what? But Lalo heads out of there and, and asks Nacho. So you pick up six keys a week? Oh, I forgot the best part of all of these scenes that I do, don't want to overlook. There was a moment, Joe, where... When Gus immediately walks over to the ta- when Gus immediately walks over to the table to greet them after the kid tells them that they're there, and and Lalu gets up to go into the other room, yeah, and he gives the look to Nacho, and Nacho gives this. What the fuck can I do about Salamanca? Yeah, yeah, dude, my bosses, dude. You, I, you tell me to do something, I do it. He tells me to do something, I do it. What the fuck you want me to do? Yeah, Shoot what- me or. You expect me to control the Salamancas? Are you an idiot? Like you, you know you're smart enough to know I can't do that. Come on, dude. Think Nacho's dipping. What do you mean? He went to his safe after. Like I think we're. Oh past yes, it. yes. Oh yes. I think he's. I think he's out of here. I think Nacho is wants to go to. He's dipping. He's he's leaving. He's gone. He wants to go to Canada or with his with his father. He was saving up money. He's he's waiting for an opportunity to leave. But I don't think he'll get that opportunity. I don't th- like, where's he gonna go? I think I think he he's gonna run from the cartel. Good luck to good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, he's going to Canada. I think that's his game. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna last long. So like, uh, how, long, how much money does he have? How long is that money gonna last him? I don't think he has any concept right now. I think all he want knows is he wants out. Is is hot? He's thinking, how the fuck did I get this far? And in he this? get and he's and he gets deeper 
higher up the tree yep, and deep, deeper deep. in. I don't think he wants to be this deep, though. I think he's having... He never wanted to be this deep. No, he just wanted to... Uh, which, which a teenage they, gangster that went fucking... But who knows crazy. about... Like, it's interesting to think about this, though. And they were talking about this a little bit on the... On oh, stage. another prequel. A nacho prequel? But if you think about it, his dad has a success, relatively sex, successful business. And it to, to his dad, this is like breaking his heart. They were talking about this on the Better Call Saul Insiders podcast. I'm kind of stealing what the actor that plays Nacho was talking about. It's, it's like a question of what... Was it that made him do this? Was it just because some of his friends were into it? Was it because he wanted to make his own thing in his own way? He did the absolute thing to kill his father, ultimately. to You're breaking your father's heart. When he said Hector Salamanco, his father was like, fuck, dude. You're involved with them. And he obviously loves his father. It's not a fuck you, dad. You're a piece of shit. He has a good relationship with his father, and his father has a successful business or a relatively successful business. I think his there's more to upholsters cars for fucking cholo gangsters. Who gets their car reupholstered, dude? Who honestly gets their fucking car reupholstered? Like niche fucking auto mechanics, and like I guess maybe a lot of people do. I don't want to be generalizing, like. A lot of people get their car reupholstered. Everyone does. <laughs> they drive in like Mike in their vintage fucking Caprice, and they get told, dude, go buy a new car. <laughs> just get that shit out. Get your busted ass shit out of here. Nacho prequel. But I just think there's a lot more to the nachos. I'm not saying we need a nacho prequel, but I think it's interesting to think about Nacho and how he came to this point because he never seems – from the very beginning, like he really craves power, craves to be at the front of the line of that situation. He's more like, fuck, how am I in this deep? I want out. So, uh, the vacuum cleaner disappear. Are you talking about American strays? Ooh, good movie. I think Nacho's going to bring the vacuum cleaner. Oh, okay. The vacuum cleaner disappearing guy, the guy that set Walter White out, you know, calling the, uh, Oh, right, right, right. right I want right, to order right. a, uh, hydro hydrogen's X model Z 2830. It's hot. How hot's that? Very hot. Very hot. I wouldn't doubt if Nacho does something like that. Maybe he's saving up because Jimmy... Nacho talks to Mike and Mike gets him out and Mike gets him out through the vacuum cleaner guy or Saul. He knows also knows Saul or right. Nacho knows Saul? Yeah, yeah. They had interactions a couple of seasons ago. And no, it seems so long ago, but... But was it... No, they, they, they had a sort of a falling out, but they worked together on a scam. Right, okay. Yeah, no. He's going to go to Mike. Mike's going to rehook <laughs> him up with, with him. They're going to get him out. D DJ Better. We need to start a, start a uh, petition to get uh, DJ Better a little Nacho. Uh, uh, nacho time. One-on-one Nacho time. We, 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 let's Hashtag DJ and Nacho here. So that or possibly Jimmy put Kim in danger. Kimmy brings in that guy. Intriguing. A lot of really awesome options here. So Lalo wants to see where they pick up the drugs. So we come back in and J Jimmy looks very Saul-like as he's rehearsing. He's going to be a lawyer again. He heads in. And we talked about this before, but let's listen to a little bit of this. Great. And we're all a bit buzzed, DJ, and you don't have to worry about that. This is the show that's founded on... On talking about uh, guys that are kidnapped in the lovely Timo's basement. It's Timo's red the night. It's Timo's red the night. Fuck Sansa. Fuck Sansa. Fuck Sansa. Fuck Sansa. It's Timo's red the night. It's Timo's red the night. It's Timo's red the night. I love it. It's Timo's red the night. Fuck Sansa. Red the night. It's red the night. 
Uh, Timo has a very, uh, very time-consuming job these days, so she is no able to be out here as much as possible. But she is amping back to come back for Game of Thrones when that's finally back. She's uh, she's doing some hard work, and she does poke in, is ninjing in occasionally. But I've, I've she's talked. She's a ninja. She's a little bit of a ninja. Yeah, she's she has she's a, doing ninjaing. She's doing ninjaing, so uh, ninjas need to vanish. But Timo will be back one day. Lots of Timo. Oh, no, okay, Timo's no, Timo's not in the chat right now, but uh, but lots of love. Always sending love out to the to the one and only Timo. Okay, so uh, he he heads in and okay, so we're back in and Jimmy looks very solid. Like heads in, everything's so good. The the angle coming in from the board as we hear hear Jimmy do really well in this con game. Looks like you've completed the pre-prosecution. DJ, do not behave. Program. That's right. Three and a half weeks ago. I yeah, they worked on robbing the embezzling, embezzling the family. Thank you, Ahmed. I believe if you look at the supplemental materials, there's a letter from my supervisor, Brad Markham. Uh, ah, good. This is like watching a train wreck. He says he was impressed with your commitment. And for most of last year, you've been employed at CC Mobile? It's a cell phone store. And again, there's a letter from my manager, Mr. Robert Finn. That It's also in the supplemental materials. Says here you were part of something called the Silver Circle, three months in a row. It's a sales award. And Mr. Finn and the people at CC Mobile have been very generous. You don't have to sell many phones to get in the silver, please. So he's doing very well in his con game so far, Joe. It sounds generally genuine. Do you think it... Okay, this is where we come down to, did he fail the con or is this a spite fuck you because he doesn't mention Chuck? It's a spite fuck you because he doesn't mention Chuck. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, as the saying goes, the law is constantly changing. Have you been keeping yourself uh, apprised? Oh, yes. I've been reading oh, the yes. journal. Uh, I've been reading the snooty schnooty booty news, and I know you're snooty. He had one locked in. Oh, why did they put up that? Why did they put the sound effect up? He had one locked and loaded, Joe. The dude uh, the dude on the panel bears a facial resemblance to Gail Buttaker. I didn't notice that. I'd have to rewatch that, but we did get a Gail uh, appearance this season. Hannibal, greatly. Great to see you. Genuinely genuine right here. Definitely genuinely genuine. There are assailants in open court, but... It, oh, of course, of course. The Sixth Amendment is pretty controlling. DJ says, I'll behave, otherwise I'll completely take over the chat with sex talk, and that's not why we're here. No, that'll be a separate podcast coming soon. I've been doing my level best. Call the <laughs> issues guy coming? No. Mr. McGill, is there anything you'd like to tell us about the reasons you were suspended in the first place? This past year has pretty much been the only thing on my mind. And... Because he doesn't address, address any of the issues. No, not really. He he talks around this, too. By the sheer stupidity of my actions, remorse doesn't begin to cover it. He speaks very gen general generally here. I'm not going to make excuses because there's no excuse for what I did. But as I sit here, I can assure you. He sounds like a child just saying, I'm sorry I did what I did. Happen again. A little, it's it'll never yeah. happen again. Well, all but, right. But generally, they seem pleased at this point. Seem uh, to be satisfactory. Because, no, that answer is honest and truthful. He would do it differently so he didn't get caught. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're not sorry. You're just sorry. Because you, you're not sorry. You're just sorry you got caught. Um, Meg, you have something? 
don't you miss me oh and here it comes here it comes here it comes okay so oh I, it's actually in the next number so what's the law it reminds me of some weird uh, college exam kind of question Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah. And I love his response too. I think the worse than what him not to... it, Yeah, what does attending, you know, Salem State mean to, to you? you? Being a Viking truly means the essence of of my heart, you know, because the Vikings went with their hearts. And but but no, okay, I'm gonna stop now. Okay. And I like witches. And Salem means like witches and Vikings. So it's like totally two awesome cool things that rock. Dude. Um listen, growing up, becoming a lawyer was uh the last thing on my mind. Even if I wanted to, I didn't have the smarts or the skill. See, I think he was being generally truthful here with what he was saying to the certain extent, at least the first half. Like about him having trouble and where he got his law license. He's being very, okay, this is what I really did. Or the stick to it. Yeah, the best part is where he names the mascot. <laughs> and Cannibal's is Salem State. But I happened to get a job with some attorneys, and I couldn't help but think maybe I could do that. Jay says, I disagree with your assessment. I think he seemed really sincere there. And I think Joe agreed, agrees with you there that that in that at the beginning that he was being generally as sincere as Jimmy can be. Something inside me made me want to try. Now listen, my diploma says the University of American Samoa Law School, and that's exactly what it sounds like. That's a correspondence school. I wish it said Georgetown <laughs> or Northwestern, but UAS. It's the only one that would take me. Because let me tell you, I wasn't a natural. I mean, the classes, the studying, trying to pass the bar, <laughs> practically killed me. I must have quit 10 or 12 times. But I kept coming back to it, and I'm, I'm really glad I did. Because when I got to work with actual clients, there was nothing else like it. Our legal Chuck. system is complicated, and sometimes it could feel capricious, Chuck. but <laughs> it's the closest thing to real justice Chuck. that we've got. And for it to work, Chuck. it needs Think vigorous need to mention Chuck. advocates. Be a my good brother, Charlie, my Charlie, you know, Charles, arguing Chuck. on their behalf. Use the Chuck, Luke. Use the Chuck. Chuck. And this past year, Chuck. I missed the hell out of it. <laughs> Chuck. Oh my goodness. So, so, okay, okay. So oh, we take your fucking bullshit answer. We'll accept your fucking horrible fucking answer there. But I'm going to give you one last chance here. One chance. One chance. Here it is. What? Chuck. <laughs> Was there any particular influence? <laughs> On your views. Chuck! Um, credit where credit is due. Okay. Chuck! Chuck! The University of American Samoa. Chuck! Go land crabs. Chuck! 
Chuck! Oh, what's in the chuck? What's in the chuck? What's in the chuck? I think we have everything we need. What's in the chuck? getting a letter with our decision in the next few days. Go land grabs Katie just yelled out from the other room. <laughs> She's not even watching us. She didn't even know that that just played in the sound clip. <laughs> Go land crabs, Katie. I think I can hear it. I think I think that's I think that was audible. People that want the Katie Crow appearance. There you go. We got we got Katie with perfect perfect timing as always right there. Oh my goodness. Okay, so go land crabs. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else we need to say about this though that hasn't already been said except for chuck what the fuck dude so mike heads to chuck no mike heads to the <laughs> sorry mike he... dj chuck i read the live chat chuck goes home and he kicks his dog and beats his wife because oh it's God. their fault <laughs> <laughs> like, what a typical fucking shit right like so He's like, I had a bad day at the office. I'm gonna go yell at Kim now. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But Mike heads to the spy shack and talks to Kai, and or or talks to them. And Kai's cheating at volleyball. And you're right, Joe. It was volleyball. And uh, the dude, the the German guy, got a new puppy. We're just setting up later that they end up coming back here when he figures that that he got Andy Dufresne. So Varner's done, and Mike says, well, let him talk for as long as he wants. But you can see him on his face as he spots one of the cameras as he's sort of formulating his plan. That you know that the wheels are in motion. and that You don't realize how far along he is, but you know that he's thinking about how to get the fuck out of there. So, yes, Joe. Then we come over to Kim decorating. Uh, she has the cup. I don't have her right here. It's all packed away, but the world's uh, the best from uh, Taka gave it to me the the lawyer cup she's writing again on the bottom and I wonder if they're gonna sell that like Ghostbusters 2 with, with the two no it's gonna we're gonna AMC get that, is. we're gonna see that like left behind at the apartment they like move out of or some shit um Jay says I don't know who Chuck is but he better had re he better be reinstated otherwise it's stupid if he becomes a lawyer again I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything to that. But Jay, I love you, buddy. He did get Shawshanked, Hannibal. He totally got Shawshanked. You just got Shawshanked, motherfucker. That'd be a great show, you know, like like punked. You just got Shawshanked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know about reformed. <laughs> but don't, Joe. The man sitting in front of you is 75 years old. Joe, I ain't gonna run around rubbing banks. Huh? Joe, <laughs> stop being obtuse. Come on, dude. Oh, uh, did you just call me obtuse? Joe, stop being obtuse. I lack right angles. Stop that's being obtuse. obtuse. I think that's obtuse. Then that's an I'm epitomous, not sure. sir. No. I'm not sure. I'm like, I, or I am right angles. I'm blunt. Obtuse is blunt. Or something. Lacking right angles or something. Wh whoever sharp. said there, whoever said a small amount of knowledge is dangerous is, uh, that, that, know, that, someone, that, someone that could be a subtitle a for it. obtuse. How wrong am I? <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey Townsend says, is anyone else disappointed in this episode? I'm sure there are some people, and I want to put it out there. If you are, uh, put it in the comment section if you're watching this episode later. Don't feel like we have to be an echo chamber. If anyone has any issues with this episode, let us know. Uh, Bernie Bernie was having some problems with some of the sets, the way it looked. And I, and I mean, everyone everyone's free to their opinion, so definitely tell us if you think, meh, or whatever. We want to know. We want to hear that, too. I thought this scene showed how talented and smart Kim is multitasking. Fuck right angles, says Hannibal. 
Yeah. Of an angle more than 90 or less than 180, yeah. therefore not a right angle. <laughs> Damn, Joe, going all geometry on me here. Not Joseph says not in the slightest. It was one of the best ones. Hashtag suspense. I agree with Joseph, but but I like to like be like, no, fuck, Jeffrey, you're not welcome here if you don't think what I think, motherfucker. No, I mean, people, people can... Uh, People can vibe with different episodes in different ways, but I tend to feel like this was one of my favorite episodes of of the season, and I'm really excited for next week. I think it sets things up amazingly for the season finale to close up a lot of these storylines and see how much gets stretched to next season, and it really amps up the energy of some pressure on with Mike hunting the German. And I think that's that should. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are they, they the hunting Eichmann? They're going going down to uh. Going is it, to... Isn't it, Herman Trout is hunting Germans? <laughs> hunting Ger- <laughs> now Mike is hunting Germans. <laughs> Where's our theme song? Where we're gonna get our theme song. To... <laughs> this week on the hunters. No. <laughs> so yes, Mike's hunting the Germans. Oh and. That's them down. I got two. I got blunt in there, and basically no right angles. Boom. Jeffrey says. Thanks, I, <laughs> Jeffrey says I keep expecting something big to happen. Fair. Uh, wide. Yeah, wide says Jordy. Nice and wide. Why do you want to be a lawyer? I want money. I need money. Give me all the money. Give me the money right, now. Right. Why do you want to be a lawyer? Because it's better than fucking selling cell phones, flipping burgers, freaking parking cars, freaking. Better than a lot of other things out there that it's I fucking could be doing. Sweet. That yeah. I, you know, yeah, why do I want to be a lawyer? In the coffee machine yeah. room. Why do I want to be a lawyer? Because it's fucking sweet. And and this has been my plan all along. Get these money, people money, 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 and set it up as with the cell phones to make the connection in the criminal or in the base level of the criminal underworld organization there, so you can get all these clients when they'll know your face when they need a lawyer, and when you put your face on billboards everywhere. It's all it's all part of the plan, which is why he's going to be Saul Goodman in that situation. He is Saul. He's always been Saul. He's always been Jimmy. It's an interesting. It's a fun thing to talk about on the show when he's a little Saul, but he's always Saul and he's always Jimmy. And, 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 and it's and so that's the question. When does he become Saul Goodman? When does he become Saul Goodman? He became Saul Goodman before he ever went to Arizona. When we see that we see him running the Saul Goodman. It's all good, man. Like we see it right from episode. He's had that forever. Like he's had that. He's had that since slip. That's been a name he's gone to. Yeah, he's always been Sogoman, and he's all and he's always been Jimmy, as we see in the Breaking Bad flash forward section of this season of of Better Call Saul. As he's still Jimmy. Francesca knows him as Jimmy. Uh, He hands tell him Jimmy sent you. Jimmy's in there. He's just we don't see that on Breaking Bad because we only see him from Walt and Jesse's perspective. That's why I always go, I don't think he's still with Kim. I really don't believe this, but that's why I say we don't know. We don't know anything about Saul for real during the Breaking Bad timeline. We only ever see him in the intense in the, moments that he's needed. Or in the office just doing very regular mundane office tasks. So we don't really know what his home life is, what his personal life is, how how well-adjusted he is about all and, the shit he's happened. Right, because part of like every time we see him in the future doing going through his daily routine and his and his life and shit, we get the feeling like he's extremely depressed because he's lost his job, he's lost his lawyering, he doesn't get that money anymore. He had he's on the run for his life and all this and his freedom. But it could also be because he had to leave Kim. 
Yeah, it could be. That could be a big part of it. Why he just closes off and goes all into that situation. And I also think that the con man, the him at as that Saul Goodman, as Ono says in the live chat, is him in his best. That's him in his best form. That's where he's feels the most like himself. If if that is, but I do think the Jimmy, the moral compass of Jimmy somewhere in there, or not moral, but a nice guy in the Jimmy we've seen. What's that guy's name? Jimmy? No, the Cinnabon guy. Uh, Cinnabon Saul. Gene. Okay. Gene. I think Jimmy's still in there. And the Jimmy, the nice Jimmy that we know that cares about Chuck, that actually has empathy for people, that that's still there. We just don't see him because of everything that happens with Chuck, everything that happens with Kim eventually as well, all drives into a point where this is the only thing that works for me. This is the only thing that works for me. And I'm just going to keep moving forward with this because if I deal with things, fucked up shit happens. And he gets to this point here as we get into this scene that we've talked about a lot. But he he just loses it on Kim. And some amazing acting by both of them here from beginning to end. Play. I, so I got to say this. Do it. The acting was really good, but I, I thought the writing kind of sucked. Interesting. Um. When Jimmy snaps back at her at one point, she says something. Like, play the clip. Let's listen. Within the seller's knowledge to to the best of the seller's knowledge. That's Slow down. Fine, but you have to give us a oh, no. Slow down. We'll, we'll, skip, we'll skip ahead. It's a little after that. Dear, insincere. Jimmy, what happened? A goddamn year. What am I supposed to do for a whole year? Jimmy. Guarantee I'm not selling cell phones for a fucking year. I'll tell you that. What did they say exactly? Uh, how, how, how did hard they... pass. Right. Don't tell me I can appeal because once the board hears the word insincere, I'm screwed. Jimmy, how do you just Jimmy, prove insincere? Please. Jimmy, just take a breath and start from the beginning, please. I was good, Kim. And that's such a that's I mean, hold on I, a second. Yep. That's such a, a like yes, that that line right there is brilliant. Uh, once the board hears insincere. How do you disprove insincere? That is such a con man line. He knew once he heard that, once he heard insincere from one of the people he was trying to con, he knew it was over and it would be over. It's yeah, done. They, they have a they once have a you read on you. Don't have yeah. the confidence. You're done. Yeah, you're you're conf- You can't be a confidence man. Yeah, they 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 made him. They made him. Jeff says he must legally change his name to Saul Goodman to do another degree at Western Samoa University, redo law school, take the bar exam under that name. Very interesting. Do you think that Kim will die? Uh, go to jail. She'll go away in some fashion. I don't know. I don't think she's going to die. On all those forms, have you ever you know, practiced law under another name? Yeah. I mean, yes. I've had those, I've had those questions on forms that, you know, have you ever worked for this company under a different name? Maybe he could no, because he 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 he's just gonna lie. Get he's gonna get all the new identity stuff. He's gonna he's gonna. But he's also in the same area. Maybe I don't know if he's gonna know do him. That. He'll have to be in and out of courtrooms that yeah. know his face. Maybe he'll just find some way and just advertise this Saul Goodman. But he get makes up like a fake certificate to hang in the office like to that, say that works if you leave the state. No, or no, I think what he'll do is he'll ultimately be licensed as Jimmy McGill. We just he just doesn't he hides his real license and he had a fake one made up for the office that's his Saul Goodman. Like yeah, but he, that wouldn't matter because it's all about the it's all about the board. It's all about the lawyers. Right, but I think he's court. I think he's going to get his license back from the board. 
Right. Yes. I and agree. I think he's just. I don't gonna think pr- he has to go make a new ID. Well, no, I change I, his name. No, I, and I think he's just going to change his uh, his business name to Saul Goodman and practice law under Saul under Saul Goodman. Yes. But still sign all his legal forms as Jimmy McGill and all that. No, stuff. no, no, he'll sign. Like if he changes his name, he changes it. I don't think that's how like he gets his license back by going to school again under a new name because you have to disclose former identities. Uh, jo- Joseph says. Yes, changing names won't work. Kim will get caught for fraud on the Mesa Verde thing and go to prison for five years. Ooh, good one, Joseph. Ooh, but what fraud did she commit? Uh, on the fifteen percent thing to she thirteen percent, right? Yeah. But those are stamped documents put in. Like that other chick would have to be like, I did it. <laughs> Maybe it might go that direction. Who knows? Okay, so Jimmy's losing. Let's play some more of this, Joe. Tell me if you want me oh, to stop. See the cameras. Let's rewind the cameras. Cut, but I knew my shit, right? What have you been doing during your suspension? And uh, have you been keeping up with the law? Yada, yada. It's all fine. And then one of them out of nowhere comes up with this weird ass question. What does the law mean to you? That's a big one. It's huge. And I nailed it. I talked about the meaning of the law and I was down to earth and I was humble yep, and I was I sincere. You think it's humble and sincere? And they loved it. Me too. Yep. So, so they turned me down. In- does he... But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Joe, it I, wasn't the truth. It wasn't sincere. Why did he become a lawyer? Do you think he knows the reason at this point, or does he need Kim to tell him? Does he really not think? Does he have a block right now and not even thinking no. about Chuck? He knows Chuck is the reason. I he know he knows lawyer. at his core, but I'm saying right now in his immediate mind, does he is he blocking? Is he no and just not mentioning like fuck? I'm not going to give that motherfucker credit, or is he really not thinking about it? Is he really delusional? I guess that's the question: is Is Jimmy delusional, or does he say fuck? I'm not giving that bastard no, credit. He's biting his nose off to spite his face. Yeah, he I think knew, so too. And he knows that's why he is so upset right now in this scene, and he's throwing it. Okay, he's got reason to be upset at the board. But he's putting it on Kim. He's got reason to be upset at himself, but he's putting it on Kim. Like, and he knows it was him who fucked up. That's what's pissing him off. He knew the minute he walked out, that's why he sat down. That's why he sat down in that hallway and waited because he was like, something went wrong. Yeah, I fucked it, it up. Left. I it fucked it up. Left. I should Those go back in there. I should go back in there and say, Chuck. I should go back in there. So, actually, it's hard for he me. He should have. And he and yes. it's hard for me and to I talk. He was gonna. It's hard for me to talk about this. I'm sorry. It's hard for me to talk about this, but I gotta talk about my mom. She meant a lot to me. It's really difficult to mention her, but she made me the asshole I am, and I love who I am. Blah blah blah. That's what you gotta do sometimes with that fucking person. You just have to. You just have to suck fucking face and admit the truth that you became a lawyer because you looked up to your brother, and that's the truth. So you, were, I agree with you, Joe. He thinks he was genuine or he wants to admit that, but he's lying to himself here. He's like delusional. He, he, I mean, he no, he's not a college essay answer, right, that didn't talk about themselves. It was all the answers you think you want us to hear, yep. right? That's what, he, that's what he gave them. Like, he needed to. He stopped in that hallway. He knew it. He knew it, and that's why... He turned around and then he stopped again and sat down and decided to wait it out and see what happens. See if he if he was as good as he thought he was rather than knowing, knowing as the confidence man that he is, he's a good one, knowing 
he had slipped, that he lost her, that he lost, and he knew exactly who it was. Too. Yeah, and he knew. He, he knew in did. the moment. He knew he lost it right <laughs> when he laughed at the question too. But he lost it even more when he didn't mention Chuck. Yep. Well, there has to be and more to it than that. Back in and said Chuck. Yep. There's not. And that would have even hit bigger for her. What did they say? That would have that would have made her go absolutely. We'll give you your license back. If he had turned around and come back in and said no, no, no. Insincere. Jimmy, what happened? Goddamn, you're what supposed to do. I want to hear how he how she comes at the Chuck situation. Sold cell phones for a fucking year. I'll tell you that. What did they say exactly? Hard pass. And don't tell me I can appeal because once the board hears the word insincere, I'm screwed. Jimmy, how do you just prove insincere? Jimmy, just take a breath and start from the beginning, please. I was good, you, you did this to me. I mean, yeah, this I, I is all you. Up, this is all you. Shit, exactly. Right? What Fuck. have you been doing during your suspension? And uh, have you been keeping up with the law? Yada, yada. It's all fine. And then one of them out of nowhere comes up with this weird ass question. What does the law mean to you? That's a big one. It's huge. And I nailed it. I talked about the meaning of the law. And I was down to earth. And I was humble. And I was sincere. And they loved it. So, so they turned me down. Wait. Well, there has to be more to it yeah, than there's that. Yeah, there's more. There's not. No. I don't. Uh, what did they say when you talked about Chuck? What? And she says, as a matter of fact, what did she say? What right, did they say? Because it was all about something involving him to did begin with. Did she not prep him for that? And I'm not blaming Kim at all on this. This is all on Jimmy. All on Jimmy. But if she prepped him for everything. They had to have she talked about this, have, right? Right. Yep. Did she not mention exactly. this? Exactly. That's a Phil, that's a great point. I'm not bla I'm not I don't want to blame her. This point. I'm not blaming her, but there is some element if she prepped him, which obviously she did cuz she had gave him that story about the the court where he had the oh, you mean case number blah 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 blah. blah, blah. That was obviously from Kim. And all this other stuff, she should have also she reminded him. She should have prepped him. Phil, that is such a good but, point. This was so important to the fucking both of them, to both their lives and happiness, right? Why? And they know how to prep someone who's going in to get grilled by lawyers. But I, in fairness, <laughs> in fairness, Jimmy's reaction is probably, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. I know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and in fairness, what's Kim's reaction? Make sure you mention Chuck. I know it's hard, More Jimmy. Than that. No, let's sit down. Let's have our... You stop at yeah. the Mushu Guy Pan store on the and way let's home. Role play bring this. home some of that fucking good Chinese yeah. food. And let's role and we'll play sit this. Down yeah. a couple, right, dude. Let's role play. Let's role play. They're not they're doing this that such a great detail, Phil, that, that you picked up on because that small detail flies in the face of everything else these two have done together. How they prepare for a lot of shit. Yeah, they've done a, a, a few improv cons. But you know that they prepared for that Lubbock, Texas shit, right? But I they mean, prepared for this. They he she. Good fucking point, Phil. Phil, Phil, you came up with a really good point <laughs> of criticism for all those people that want to say you fucking blow Vince Gilligan's ass full of smoke. That is such a good point, and that actually I didn't see it, but on rewatch, I hopefully would have caught that. And that is something that falls through the cracks. And it slips through. Unless, and that's part of this scene that she, I told you the writing lacked. Unless in. she told him and he ignored it. No, let's listen to, let's to, listen to the rest of the that. scene. We let's need to have seen Let's that. listen to the rest of the scene. Chuck have to do with this. What does Chuck what? have? No, this seems like it's the first time they're talking about this. Well, so you didn't even... Why would I? 
Okay. Okay. Um. Okay, listen, we will figure this out. So, I I mean, I get why she wouldn't have said anything, I guess, but it is a, it is an oversight that she should have, him being who Kim was, maybe she's so busy that she didn't have an opportunity to go that deep in, but it's hard for me no, to imagine no, she wouldn't have. No, not for this. This is too important. This is the most important thing. Paul, Paul says, let's see what the chat says. Paul says he was still in denial about Chuck, though. I partially blame her as a lawyer for not prepping. You're right, but it is somewhat of her fault. I got to go. DJ, have a great night. G. Ono says... She knows that Jimmy's a smart guy and would use Chuck as a subject to get what he wants, but Jimmy can't talk about his brother. He just can't, so she was probably walking on eggshells with that situation. For what it's worth, Jimmy's right about the appeal prospects. Appeal it uh, bodies give nearly 100% deference and, to lower panel's findings, fact, and, including seniority. The yeah, oversight and, is her fault. Sorry. Oversight. The, the, what was the, the one before that last one? She knows Jimmy's a smart guy and would use Chuck's subject to get what he wants, but Jimmy can't talk about his brother. He just can't. So that's where you got to say, okay, the walking on eggshells around him. I can't. This is too important for the both of us. This this license is the most important thing in Jimmy's life right now. This is this is the it's most not as the important best to he him. has ever felt. Perhaps right? perhaps Kim is afraid really doesn't believe Jimmy should be a lawyer. She has a little bit of Chuck in her and she did this to, uh, to subconsciously. No, no, no. no, she, because she needs him to be a lawyer as well. Now, if this Chuck shit didn't happen, if Chuck didn't kill himself, right? She was gone. Dude, she was gone. That car accident, Chuck didn't, Chuck didn't die. And she didn't get in that she car accident. She was probably she, she probably would have been would have been gone at some point. And uh, let's jump in the live chat. Oh, great! Great to see. You. Just watched the finished episode. Just watched the episode. The scene between Kim and Jimmy is probably my favorite of the season. Maybe even the series. I love this scene. And I especially love the second half that we're going to get to in a second. That is where we're at right now as we get towards the end of the episode. And if anyone wants to get any voicemails or text right now, seven eight one nine nine zero eight five zero nine. We'll take all that stuff at the end of the show. And Bliss says, but. That's like asking LeBron James, why didn't he tell J.R. Smith to keep track of the score at the end of the game? Uh, it's it's true. Sometimes it's on people from themselves. That's why I'm saying that. Ultimately, even though I'm saying that it is on Jimmy, but Kim, Kim, it's sh not just on Jimmy. Right? Who represented Jimmy at the trial that he lost his license? Who represented Jimmy every step of the way through all of this? She's not just his girlfriend. She's his fucking lawyer and his partner. Right. And his partner in a business of fucking lawyers, right? Or not anymore. Not anymore. But I'm just mean but, like. But it was supposed to go right back to that when he gets his license back. And guess what? And Ono says maybe she is very, very. She is not solely responsible. But I and but and so I agree. But the fact I'm the point I'm bringing up is that it flies against both their characters. Uh, for what we know of them, how they prepare, look at how they prepare for everything. I agree with you about Kim, but I, with Jimmy, it makes sense to what we've seen with Jimmy this season that he may, he wouldn't think about Chuck. He, he thinks exactly what he says. No, no, he thought about Chuck, but yeah. And he said, fuck it. I don't, I don't need to mention that asshole. And like you were saying from the very beginning that it's spite, it's not delusion. He didn't block it. 
he said, fuck it. I'm not talking about him. And he and he's pissed off that this is the reason. He's thinking about this as one last fuck you from Chuck, and he transfers yep. this shit right on to Kim. And yes, you will appeal. Just we'll appeal this to the well, we won't let them. We'll find a way to make you look sincere. Kim, I was sincere. I know that. I meant we will so fix I might it. have been a little corny, but I meant every word. I know that. Who did you? You don't believe me. The eyes. Those eyes. I know what those eyes are. I know you well. Of course I do. Oh, Jesus, it's right there on your face. Time to project you think my I'm some feelings. Some kind of low life, some kind of asshole. What? Kind of lawyer, guilty people hire, right? Oh, Jimmy, that's you, you not... look at me and you see slipping Jimmy. Here's Saul. I never said that. Yeah, I saw. You thought it. Missed you. You want to know why the committee called you insincere? Yeah. Because you didn't mention Chuck. Yes. What does they have to even... They've read the transcripts. They know. Now, uh, just to borrow a line from one of my favorite movies. They've read that, the transcripts. That, they know. That's information that would have been helpful yesterday. Sorry. I, so, so okay. So, while this scene was... I take back what I said about the writing for this this particular scene being off, off point. Because I, I guess I heard certain lines and I started wandering in my... Because I heard them again and I thought... You'd, I, my brain went right back to the thought pattern that it went to before. Joe. And I would own personal shit like you did what i did at the beginning of the episode in the varner scene where i was projecting bad shows on this show you right you were expecting things to be a different way but instead this is a real life fucking fight right this i can is a hear I, I it has a logical progression in its its uh its movement it flow. feels real it feels like a fight i've had by logical right by logical <laughs> yeah I mean. yeah yeah it feels yeah exactly and not logical if, anyone, no logical, yeah. if yeah. anyone's been in a long-term relationship logical. yeah if anyone's been in a long-term relationship they've had a fight like this <laughs> or i'm not everybody if someone's gonna say, not me but mo most people that have been not in a relationship my wife. Yeah. Yeah. we've never fought like this yeah we, i don't fight like this ever with anybody katie you think i'm an asshole I hear you I gotta keep it down. I can't. I can't. Statement hearing. How is that sincere? Katie, yeah, I don't come think here. about Chuck. Okay. I don't miss Chuck. Chuck was alive, and now he's dead, and that's that. Chuck. Finito. Life goes on. So sue me. There it is again. And that's why we don't have an office. What? No, just, you know, do not start in on that office. I don't want to hear another word about that stupid office. Stupid office. Okay, stupid here office. we go. Here we go. Oh. Hey, this is I where have I been on your side since like... the day we met. Who comes running when you call? Who cleans up your messes? But again, this is one of those things that when you start getting into a fight like this, you start arguing about the random sh it. it it mutates into talking about and then you left your shit on the wall like you're talking about the, that you left your dishes on the side of the sink again you fucking asshole because you hate me you know it's stupid shit like that I have a job but I drop everything for you every single time you confess to a felony on tape I'm there you have a bar hearing I represent you over and over again if you need me I'm there but somehow Except in your mind the only measure of to say Chuck is, is some office? Yeah, I'm good enough to live with, to sleep with, but God forbid you should have an office with me. What are you doing? I just told you a little bored with, with your life, so Look you come down and roll around in the dirt. Have some fun with slipping Jimmy. Oh, is so out of your fucking league, She really is. I love barely good enough to sleep with. I, lo I love Bob Odenkirk, but yeah, that's what that's the most unbelievable thing in the show. Oh, what a mistake it was to take me up to your office in the sky. You'll never do that again. Yeah, maybe I won't. And maybe next time you call, I won't come. There you go.
Kick him in oh, when he's down. Next time we fuck, maybe I won't come too. This is a horrible line. This this sucks because and this feels real too. When someone's dealing with someone who has some who's always up and down and always is in oh, a, you're always down. Like like I can't have empathy for you because I can't care about you. Or I can't be feel like I can't give you shit all the time, any day of any week, because every single day of every week you're fucking down. Jimmy, you are always down. And that's it. That's the it's truth. So, it's so it's it's the truth ball. It's so real though, and that's what I'm saying with these arguments that they have and their whole interaction relationship this season and watching them break up. It's it, which is what it is, and it keeps coming in and out and in and out. But it's watching a breakup, uh, similar to Carmela and Tony in season four of The Sopranos. It's just a season about a couple that are going in two different directions. And it manifests itself in different ways in both shows. I guess it's the second time we've compared this to The Sopranos. It's not a bad comparison to, to make. But uh, but in watching a breakup on the air. Right. Yeah. With who? With what couple? With Tony and Carmela? Carmela. Season four is basically all about them splitting. And it's there. Right. But it gives it. Carmela gets no motivation it's just she decides. No, let's not turn this into. Like my let's not turn anymore. into your forum to hate on Carmela Soprano here, which is which I know you uh, want to. That part, like, uh, stop, Joe. Different podcast. Come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. Not, you're gonna have to take over for Matt when, uh, when Matt moves to Vermont. Eddie Falco, man, that bitch and that mother of his and that fucking sister. Of his. <laughs> okay, he had some bad oh, women. Tony Who Soprano had some bad Joe women in his life. Hates women. Tony hates Sop women. Tony Soprano had some bad women in his life, but he's no prize. Janice is the worst. No, 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 no. He is no prize. Uh, Tony Soprano is a complete son of a bitch. He's a murderer. He's a bastard. He's a, he's a fucking philandering fucking cocksucking fucking bastard. Don't trust me. He's, a, he's not a good person. He's a fucking whore. Okay. Three fucking women. Not to mention his mistress with the fucking one yeah, leg. How many people uh, did no, he kill? No, no, no. Those, those two women yeah too? he's cheated oh, on his mistress God. with his mistress's sister at, right his uncle's for yeah whatever okay let's uh, enough talking about tony sprout we could go on a whole fucking rant. uh <sighs> paul q says you can take the kids but you can leave me my monkey i'm a bad guy for cheating but you drank all the milk i think kim also assumed the board <laughs> <laughs> i love it love it i i think kim also assumed the board would bring chuck up so jimmy would be forced to talk about him jimmy just can't be a lawyer without everyone <laughs> Talking about cheating, bitch, but you drank all the milk. <laughs> Jimmy can't be a lawyer. <laughs> can't be a lawyer without anyone talking about Chuck. So I need to be top. Uh, Cannibal says, "Pro tip: Pour the cereal down the drain. Don't just leave it in the sink. That turns disgusting." Lindsay says, "Not a bad comparison to the downfall of Walt and Skyler's relationship either. I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy for cheating." See, there's more. You see more motivation in that one, right? Mm -hmm. You see it just like with this one. Uh, as opposed to The Sopranos. I like this comparison better from Lindsay because you see it more. You see where uh, Carmelo was always, always knew where she was and in, in who she was with. With Walter, Skyler was not with that No, man. she was blindsided. I mean, she was cheating on him anyway, but she was blindsided. She, she was blindsided by the whole situation, and she, she handled it as well as she could handle it. But and, and and even with Slippin' Jimmy, Slippin' Jimmy didn't show himself to Kim, right? Until after he gets his license and they I mean, go out and they he, do that shit. But he was also so, he was so always he, a little bit. I would say with Skylar though, she definitely even though she came to a point where she couldn't deal with it, she never really 
fucked Walt over. You know, she was always loyal to yeah. to, to to that. But anyways, so let's continue here with Aside the Aside from like the whole cheating. Cheating. Thing. Yeah, cheating. That's a different kind of loyal. Didn't send him to jail and be like, oh, there we go. Where's my other dude? Kim played no, a... because the other dude was fucking embezzling too. <laughs> Kim played a lawyer on the TNT show Franklin and Bash. Uh, was that the show with Zach Morris on it? Zach Morris is trash. Was that the Zach Morrison and Guy <laughs> Patterson show? Uh, was that was that? It was Zach Morrison was on it, yes. And um, was it Guy Patterson? Guy Patterson, no. Guy Patterson, no. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. You know what I'm talking no, about. With, it was a different kid. With, oh I no, I can't tell you what else he was in, but was, no, it was. A was it the no? Was it um? What's his name from uh? It was the, in the, the Flash a movie with Root. No, the, the, he was in a movie. I believe he was in a movie with Rudy on like a ski mountain <laughs> with like uh, terrorists. Ski mountain on a terrorist with Rudy. Or not necessarily ski mountain, but like in the mountains with terrorists. Sorry, with guys. And a you guys, kids, or like at a, a school. You guys or some are in sort the of inside like. of Joe and I's shorthand right here. Franklin so. and Bash. Who's the who's the non Zach Morris trash kid? It, who's Bash? Who's Franklin? <laughs> who's Tango? Who's Cash? Okay, who's let me. Tango? <laughs> Let me play the rest of this while we figure this out. <laughs> okay, so Okay, so um okay, they they talk about Chuck and then Kim looks so angry. Let's go back to the <laughs> He's full on saw mode as she heads out and he takes his rage out over Chuck issues. Kim looks so angry and drinks a beer as we come back into the scene here. He walks in and we talk, already talked about this at the beginning. He goes right into the room and she sits on the couch. The shot from both rooms is just a really awesome visual shot. There's not much to say here about the scene as she just goes, look at me, Jimmy. Look at me. I messed it all up. Brecken Meyer says Joseph. Brecken Meyer. What else was he? Is he from? Uh, is he the same guy that was that's in Santa Clarita Diet? That's no, not that guy, is it? No. Uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Dishes are done, man. Oh, it's the dishes is done, man. Or no, no, Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, so it's that kid. It's the Adventures in Babysitting kid. Is that who I'm? I'm, you still I'm want to be him right now. Okay, do do that. Sorry, we're sorry for the side road trip. Road trip. Okay, Freddy's dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was the. Was it the? Uh, it was the. Okay, I know which guy it was. It was the stoner dude from Clueless. Yeah. Stoner dude from he Clueless. Was in can't hardly wait. Well, we can. Yeah, he's the, he plays the stoner dude. But that's that's got from Guy Patterson. <laughs> It's the bass players in Can't Hardly Wait. There's your six degrees of Guy yeah, Patterson. I got, it. I got it. It all comes back to Guy fucking Patterson. So Kim looks angry. Yes, she, he was in Clueless. She, Harrison from Clueless, yeah. She is going to... Whoops, sorry. So... Travis from Clueless. So Kim is... She's on to something. She has something in her mind. She wants to help Jimmy out. So then Mike heads in to the spy shack one more time at the end of the situation. So not much else to say about the Jim and Kimmy situation. Jim and Kimmy. Jimmy and Kim situation that we haven't already talked about throughout this episode. It's she's going to try to get him his license back in this next episode. So Mike heads into the spy shack and he's like, what's going on? What's going on in there? What's going on in there? Thanks. 
He brings in coffee. Huh. Thank you, sir. So, what do we got? It's pretty quiet. Kai was up late again. About an hour after he went down, Werner came out for a couple of minutes. And Casper was up around 2.30. I mean, do we need really need to play the audio of this one? This was more of a visual aspect as Mike slowly but quickly rapidly puts together the fact that one of the visuals on the camera is a fake shot or has been messed with a little bit and they go in they figure out that they've been Shawshanked and Austin Kutcher comes out and goes you've been Shawshanked oh no it wouldn't be it would be uh, Morgan Freeman Joe do your more you've been Andy Dufresne's been Shawshanked uh, I can't do it. and that man crawled, must have crawled through three rivers of shit to get to his, his wife Black Rocks and his wife mine for no rivers of shit <laughs> So so they find out that the German escaped. They find a little tool that he spiked the voltage with. And the end episode ends on Mike testing out the voltage leading into the next episode that's going to be Mike hunts a German. I'm with you, SM. I think it's bullshit. He didn't win, I think, drama around something you know will happen is just stupid to me. You better call Saul. We got Ian thrown in the live chat right now. He was Wait, in those, no, those to me there's no reason not to give it to to give him that win there. Give who what win? Explain. Saul. Oh yeah. No, totally. I mean, it depends. I'm I'm gonna wait and see. I'm gonna see what happens in next week's episode, how this direction goes. I love that there are two Shawshanks in this episode, the escape and the border border parole. And here we go. So let's play a couple of voicemails and texts that we have. First off, oh shit, we got let's play let's play we got a couple J's going on. We got big J's messages and then we got uh J SMJ's messages. So let's play SM's message first and then get into our final big J messages of the season. We got a couple we got uh two big ones coming, so uh, oh we got a couple big ones coming from Big J and here's here's the other J SM down. Remember last week when you were talking about, I think it was last week, when you were talking about uh, that uh, that dude who hit somebody with some sandwiches who was like, uh, who ended up being like an undercover cop and like the uh, the lady like DA or assistant DA was kind of being a bitch and trying to get him um, to, you know, go away from that crime and like uh, Saw had this plan to like, uh, like to frame the cop for being drunk to get that guy off. Well, did that guy get off? Or like, was did they actually go through with that plan? Like, did like what did that what did that lady lawyer do or whatever? Or did they not just show? Did they not show that this week? No, that was dealing with the uh, Huel case. Kim figured out a different direction around that and a couple of episodes ago. She decided to take a different tactic, and she just used lawyering tricks and magic and pressure, and they did that whole campaign where they had Saul go on a bus uh, the last episode to go to get all the people on the bus to write letters and mail them from a random town in Texas where Huel worked, or they lied and said this was all a lot part of the, the con that Huel was a part of the community there and like a big donor at the church when there was a fire and saved people's lives and all this sort of shit. So 
and and that's when uh Saul faked a voice and pretended to be the preacher there and so they ended up not going further with that but good question let's go to our first message from Big J here we go Phil Joe what's up my boys Big J here second to last episode and uh I thought it was a was an awesome episode like last week. You know. They're tying it in real nice, you know. That Lalo, uh, yeah, he's a creepy guy, man. <laughs> you know, uh I like the scene when he's sitting down with uh with Gus and uh you know, you could just see like Gus looks at him like, What the fuck did you bring this dude here for? And he just throws his hands up and uh I think Nacho's getting real fucking nervous, man. I think he's about to get whacked. They're gonna figure something out with him. This guy Lalo's very smart. You can tell they're set they're setting him up very smart. And that was one of my favorite parts of the episode too, Jay, that look where Nacho's is like, I can't fucking do shit about this motherfucker. Um, I was thinking of something today. And it was it was before the show even came on and I was trying to think about like just how good this fucking show really is. And it comes down to the acting, man. And and the difference, and I don't want to go into the debate about Breaking Bad and the fucking uh, Better Call Saul debate, but, you know, in Breaking Bad, Mike was just a fucking hitman. He had no personality. You know, this show breaks down people's personalities, you know? Yes. You see how Mike, um, you know, like he... He just gets so in depth with his character, man. He's acting, you know, about who he really is, and uh, you know, it's just the difference. You know, it's it's a totally different fucking show. It's it's based on that show, but it's totally into these characters. But yet again, they tie it in real nice, you know. And and that's that's why I like this show better, you know. And uh, I just like this episode a lot. And you know, Jim. What was that, Jeff? I was going to say, like, it it really, when this show finalizes, I'm probably going to do a, like, I haven't done a rewatch of Breaking Bad. I've only seen the series once and not since it finished. So that's a good, uh, he makes a really good point in comparison there about how the two shows are done. And I really think it'd be interesting to see, to watch, uh, burn through of this and then breaking bad immediately afterwards. Yeah. Rather it, than like when this is over, going back and watching yeah. Breaking Bad and then rewatching this. No, when this is over, rewatch this and then go right into Breaking Bad from this and really get a feel of how different the two are. Um, I just, I, I think that would be a, a an interesting way to watch it. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do you want, how do you watch the Star Wars movies, man? Four, five, six, I was four, just about to talk about the Star Wars. It's, it's what they wish they, it's what they wish they could do with those movies, but it's, but they're not as good. But I, I agree too that it's completely different show. It's, I, I often have said this before. It's, it's a cook at a restaurant that's made, that makes an amazing signature dish and also has a fucking second thing on the menu that's just as fucking tasty. It's just a different meal that tastes a little different. It's, it's cooked by the same people, put together in the same way, presented in the same way, but it's just different. And 
listening to them talk and being obsessed with the veal masala do i have the veal parmesan exactly and they know it and they know that they're doing the people working the people that have worked on both shows the writers and the directors that come in to work on these shows they they know that they have more time and more and more room to explore characters that's why they have fun working on this show it's it gets to do something not a lot of shows get the luxury of doing because they the main narrative of the series has already been told so they this is all for funsies in some ways and all for just ex- exploration and character moments and acting and all that sort of shit it's a very unique show like that and i fucking love it too it's one of my favorite shows i've ever seen and we're not even finished with it yet and i think it's the ending of this one. I know people like J SMJ care, you know, care. And, I, and he's not the only one. I'm just using this. Cause I know we've, he's mentioned this before the end game matters, but with this show, I don't think the end game matters to me except for in the future, which is actually the end game of breaking bad too. It's the end game of that universe. Cause Saul's the only one left with Jesse out there too somewhere. So I want to know what's happening in the future of the Breaking Bad storyline. I think that's what you can get in the Hank's end. Hank's out there. Hank's dead, dude. Ozymandias, baby. Oh, all right. No, no, no. I meant, oh, yeah. Uh, right. Skyler and her sister yeah. there are out there. Uh, Walt Jr.'s out uh, there. The kid's out there. But Jesse and Saul are alive. And don't give me that, you Walter White lifers. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Je- Jesse and Saul are alive. And the only way we're going to see more of them if this is the last series, is in the black and white gene stuff. And that's the stuff I'm most excited How for. Is Saul Hard. Hyden, man. His face getting broadcast on TV and billboards. Left and right, yeah. I don't expect to see him at Cinnabon. That's why he's looking over his shoulder at every, every, every second of every day. And I hope next week we get another Gene, but we might not see Gene until this series finale, but until the final season. But I really do hope we get some more Gene. Good morning, Brainwash. Great to see you. I said it before. I'll say it again. Breaking Bad excels at narrative. Better Call Saul excels at character study. Lindsay cannot keep saying that because it's it's extremely perfectly said. Bliss says, well said, both great shows. I think the season might be the best or better call Saul, at least so far. It's slightly fast, more fast-paced than the previous seasons. I agree. I think each season of Better Call Saul gets progressively better. I think I think two and three are pretty equal, and I think this is a little step above as well. But it's still on par with the previous two seasons. He fucked up. You know, I knew when they said, who's your influence that made you become a lawyer when he didn't go to Chuck. And- then wa- then Cranston can go eat a dick because Cranston's a fucking bullshit artist. He'll lie. So if he he's- just wants to make more fucking money. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, he- I'm alive. Let's make he- more movies. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, not, not Cranston. I turned state informant. They got to me just in he's- time. He's He did total recall. He made his fucking ridiculous bank. He- he's done his shitty shit. That movie fucking tanks yeah but he already got paid <laughs> it was over because they you could see right then they had it in the bag you know <laughs> and uh i don't know i just had a fucked up day today i meant to call you guys earlier and uh i enjoyed the show but uh it's just been like a fucked up thing and oh, I, fuck. some personal shit going on but uh but i did get to watch it and uh i'm gonna watch it again tomorrow <laughs> um, I thought Kim's fucking acting was awesome too. It's just it was just great acting tonight, and you know I've been with Jimmy's at where you think you're gonna get something out of here, and I sat with three other people, 
Um, nothing, nothing to do with, obviously, I'm not a fucking lawyer. <laughs> That'd be funny, right? But uh, I've been there where he's at, and, um, you know, it's it's very intimidating sitting against three people. Um, for me, it was something to do with a pensioner, and I was going out on disability, and uh, these three scum. Oh, he got cut off, but we'll, we'll get the rest of Jay's story in a second. He did leave another message. Jesse, yeah, Jesse got Bojack Horseman. He, he ended up being the dude sleeping on the couch. Do we get a Gene scene in episode 10? That's a good question, Jeffrey. That's kind of what I'm hoping for, but I, I thought last year we were going to get one, and we ended up not. We got we were lucky with an extended Gene scene in this past season. At the beginning, I, I'm not sure if they're going to do it. If they're going to do it, it's going to be in the cold open. And I would not be surprised because I do think the last couple of cold opens have been in the modern, in the now time, whereas for a while they were doing ones in past times or in future times. So I think this last one will probably be in some other time period of some sort. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see, but who knows? I honestly not sure what to expect from the season finale. And I don't mean that in a, like a bad way i just mean i'm strapped in for pretty for anything's possible mike could brutally kill the german uh, or he could let him get or he could get away jesse jesse pinkman could show up i don't know i mean he's not going to show up but i'm just saying anything could happen and i wouldn't be surprised with this show there's been several suggestions about how walt could have survived that wounds i've heard a lot of those we never see walt die he's in a jail cell somewhere i've read a lot of those walt Walt living conspiracy television theories and I'm not buying it. I don't, from what uh, I've heard of always meant to die. And just from what those guys talk about hijinks like that on shows, they've, I've heard them address that in the better call Saul insiders podcast and the breaking bad podcast. And, and they, think it's trash they, right? they have a name for it. They, I, they call it something They they have like a term that they refer to it. We call that uh bulljacking or whatever i'm bulljacking i'm just whatever they call it. they have a term that they call it they're, they're like that's hacky bullshit basically it is it is and like dude it was like heroes season one i was like oh this was great episode one season two should it should have ended they should have ended with it's bringing skylar back if if season one of heroes had ended right skylar siler Right when they, right when Hero, spoiler alert, sorry everybody, Heroes is old, I'm spoiling it. If you want to go, give me 30 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. But right when Hero, yeah, because he, he, he dies, but he comes back, so it's not really a spoiler, sorry. But what I mean is, I do think there's a good poetry to the way, good poetry, to the way that season one of Heroes works, so I don't want to ruin it for anyone that wants to see it. Hero, when Hero stabs him through the heart, the season should have ended right there and be done with Heroes. One season, that's it. Over. <laughs> over. And then go cl- click over to the clear scene that you get at the end of the entire series where she jump, where she climbs up to the top of a tower and jumps off and outs themselves to all the heat, to, to the world. And then you end it, and then you can do one-off miniseries movies and spin off on it if you want. But the main prime series is one season of Heroes. Then Heroes is something gr- That one season is great. I mean, maybe it doesn't hold up. I haven't watched it in a while, but at least when I was watching it at the time, that first season I was highly engaged in. Yep. Did Jesse introduce Saul to Walt? He mentioned him. And I believe Jesse does say that Saul got his buddy off a couple times. 
my, my buddy I used Saul a couple of times. He's really good. So next season would be the maybe logical time. Sending the ball to Nebraska. The vacuum. Maybe. Yeah, I was leaving that message before I got cut off. Uh, but what I was saying is I was at... Sorry, next theory is Mike chasing the Germans across the country, the fugitive German style. <laughs> they're fucking hearing one time and it's very intimidating when you're there with three other people. But Jimmy pulled it off good, man. But, you know, like he fucked it's up. It's all good, job, man. man. Uh, yo, I just want to say I'm having a really fucked up day, but watching fucking Joe and you getting drunk really cheered me up and... Uh, that's why Big J loves you guys. And, uh, Katie! That fucking tequila, man. Man, I'll be dying for a shot right now. I'm on some fucking uh, Katie? pain medication right now. Oh, dude, Jay, we hope you're doing all right, buddy. Thank you for tuning on in. Lots of love. I'm going to play your rest of your message, but we're going to send a toast to Jay. Yeah, but, uh, we got a toast to Jay. I'm flying that way, you know? But uh, I had a couple beers today. And Big I Jay's having a bad day, so we're going to... fucking tequila. And so, watching Phil and I drink. Uh, I really enjoy watching so, Joey fucking drink that fucking tequila, man. And just sitting there with his fucking dirty beard and, you know, his fucking sexy wife in the background, you know. Fucking guys live. You got to make, Joe. You got to fucking make, bro. <laughs> All right. One more episode to go. You guys are the fucking best. Uh, lots, of love to, lots of love to Big J. And lots of love to the motherfucking chat and to Joe and to Katie over there taking shots as well. And to all our super chatters tonight. You guys are awesome. Let's jump in the live chat a little bit. Lindsay says, I'd lost I'd love to see Gene in those I'd love to see Gene in those Jesse flashbacks. I'd love to see Jesse in those Gene flash forwards. But what business would Jesse have being in Nebraska? Like uh, if you bring him in that storyline without coming out with plot convenience, there would be no way of putting him in the storyline. I've always contested that if there's only one way to see Jesse Pinkman and that's in the natural accordance of when Saul becomes Saul Goodman and no dude Jesse's just traveling man and he's going through fucking Cinnabon and he, yeah he drives he goes through a drive through of a Cinnabon and just happens to drive through because he's just been driving the whole time he ends up in Nebraska but realistically <laughs> what if, if what if vacuum dude is just sending everybody to Nebraska that would be interesting, but, Fuck he, them. but Jesse's I not with my the, money. But Jesse, does, they die. Jesse doesn't. He, Jesse gave up his money, and he doesn't care about vacuum, dude. Jesse's got a car, and he's just driving. Jesse's not thinking straight. Jesse's not going to vacuum, dude. He he already gave up. Vacuum, dude, would only come once, and he left. So Jesse fucked that up. Je Jesse's on his fucking own. But if we really see Jesse, it's in the Saul timeline. Yeah, Jesse went to go in the movie Drive. That's where his character went. That's, that's the continuation of Jesse. And then eventually to Bojack Horseman to sleep on Bojack's couch. And if we see Jesse, it's I think it's going to be in the back of a court. It's going to be a glorified cameo where Saul is helping one of his friends out. And getting him off on a case as Saul Goodman towards the end of the series. And you hear from the back of the courtroom, yeah, bitch, you got him off. Something like that. Like a, like a hardcore yeah, bitch or something. Or you, or you pass him on the street or Jesse's with his buddy to, to, to interview the lawyer. Deal. Or in a drug deal. ends up in front of Nacho selling drugs. Nacho selling drugs. I, yes, it's probably, it might be with Nacho. It might be with Nacho as well, or it might be with the. Was he ever like on the level of the guy that would be paying a bundle? No, no. He, it's we would have to see Jesse in a cameo. We also know that Jesse in I've, his prime rave days, though, before he, he was played in a band. He, no, he played a he played in a band. He played drums in a gigging band. 
It doesn't get talked about often on Breaking Bad, but Jesse played in the area in a gigging band, so we could go into a club that has Jesse playing drums in a band. And that could handle the old thing, too, because he's behind a kit, and you could have him with a hat on playing the drum set or something. That, that's how you're going to have a Jesse cameo, because his band's out there, and we could actually see his band for the first time. We've heard of them. We saw his drum set. We know he had a band that played out. People had mentioned it on Breaking Bad a couple of times. We never saw the band, and it would be gigging out around the time of Better Call Saul. So maybe. We might see it that way. I hope they show a laser tag place in Better Call Saul at some point. I hope there's some backstory and all of that shit. I think most shows I loved sucked or were worse in the last season than other seasons, which is really cool about Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul because they seem to go out at the right time. They know the moment. That's why I think next season of Better Call Saul is going to be the last one. They have a plan. They have a plan. They have have an outline. They have a story they want to – see, that's the thing. Most TV is made – it's not a story we want to tell. It's a show we want to give you, right? Uh, or it's products we want to sell. With these specifically, and I would say the first five series seasons of uh, Game of Thrones, it's a specific story. A four. beginning, a middle, and an end, right? And I think you mean four. What's that? No, nothing. I think you mean four, but... Well, yeah, but... No, you mean... Anyway... Four. Yeah. <laughs> that show. You fucker. Uh so oh sorry, I was I'm looking for I had a uh I had a message I was supposed to play or I was gonna read. Oh here we go. So I've I have two more things for us here, Joe, and then I will let you go. As I know you're uh you're it's nearing your bedtime here. We got a, a J voicemail too, don't we? No, that we we played that at the beginning. But here SM, we go. This SMJ? Yeah, we did. Uh, he was asking me a question about last week. So here we got oh, a, we got a text message here from area code 408. What up, Phil? Regarding, regarding Varner, I have so much faith. I had so much faith that he wouldn't try to escape when he was looking at the cameras and eventually walked into his cabin. I said, yep. He, no, I said, yep, he's not that dumb to escape, Mike. Uh, oh. It's Mike's top secret lair. However, now I feel like he's pulling... He's pulling the other guys, putting the other guys in danger because if Varner escapes, yep. the work has become loose ends and proof. But who the yep. fuck knows? Vince is always 10 steps ahead of predictions. Good show as always. Have a good night. And yes, I think the rest of the German, he's, he's sealed the rest of the German's fate, especially if he gets away. If he, uh, if they somehow catch him and kill him, maybe they'll let the other Germans live because and finish the job. Or perhaps they'll outsource at this point because the dynamite was the hardest part and they could probably get other people to do the job from this point on. But anyways, we also got a couple of... Uh, these are these are longer messages from Chris that I never got a chance to play, read on the show. But now that we have Joe here, I'm going to read it. A little note about Better Call Saul. I'm writing from New Zealand. This was from the earlier part in the season. Uh, one thing I've never heard discussing is how do you even start to write a show after they already triumphed in the way Breaking Bad did? This must have been asked right from the beginning of the writer's room process on the first morning. How do you make a show with a big brother Breaking, De- Breaking Bad constantly hovering over you? Answer, create a big brother a big brother in a dramatic terms that have the antagonists the heck out of you, e- that antagonize the heck out of each other as kind of a, s- a supplemented play of questions. So we have Chuck and Jimmy. Kind of Cain and Abel. Slowly, Jimmy gets the upper hand over Chuck. Slowly, his shadow stops hovering over Jimmy. 
What a great way to keep them honest in discovering their way through work to ensure that they don't get sidetracked and end up doing an inferior job. I think by that's the end nice, of that's a nice, uh, I like that, that, uh, is that a simile, I guess, or a metaphor? It's I don't know. A, is it as? He compares, he compares the, the, the Breaking Bad, the bigger brother, and everybody's got the question. And even even uh, Big J says it in his voicemail. I'm not going to get into the to, into the debate, right? Yeah. That's the big shadow looming over the little brother, better call Saul's head, right? And then it sets this up. We get right from, boom. We know right from the beginning. Chuck is a big brother overshadowing we, Saul. We know Saul, the situation. The younger brother. I don't know if they even cared. Oh. I've heard them talk about the show, but <laughs> but uh, not mention it too far in depth, only to say that they're fans of it. Uh, that I don't. It reminds me a lot in a completely different way. We mentioned it a thousand times here is Frasier. It's that Cheers was this entity. People can overlook. Oh, yeah. People can evil easily overlook how big Cheers was in the eighties. It was fucking huge. Towards and the Frasier was also Cheers. At the but end, still of, they get that little brother in there. And... Right at the end of the run, Cheers started off slow, but I mean by the end of Cheers' run, it was fucking huge. It was um, yeah. And then Frasier came out and just said from the very beginning. This is about a father and son and a brother family, small unit dynamic. This is a completely different fucking thing, and it made its own identity while still having the same level of quality go to the sitcom level writing that was going on at the time. And and some could say excel it. Some could say not, depending on where you stand on that argument. That isn't really an argument. Both shows fucking rock. And in different ways. In our uh, polished in different ways. I think, you, yeah. <laughs> Phil, you got to decide: is it Frasier? Cheers, or is it Breaking Bad? <laughs> uh, for me, it's for me, it's both parent shows. Are it's hard for me, but as of right now, I that's like saying, but that's saying that I feel like that's saying I don't like Better Call Saul as much, but it's. I like Better Call Saul more. I actually do. And you're not the only one. Stephanie likes it better too. Big J does as well. I think some people that listen to our show as well do do as well too. I'm going to make that decision afterwards doing what you said. Watching both shows after the fact back to back and making that decision. It's been a while. Since it's been I've a while. I've seen Breaking Bad a few more times than you, but it's still been a fucking long fucking time. So let's finish this, this uh, comment here. I think by the end of season three, they had found a family of storytellers the more subtle art of it and confidently say they had a betty better storytelling chops so at this point chuck is killed off the big brothers no longer has a direct antagonistic power over jimmy and saul can break free it's its own thing the dynamic of chuck Finally. and jimmy is exactly the dynamic of the question i think they need to improve is also alluded in the title better call saul i think there's such a bold and beautiful storytellers thanks again for your work i hope the I second like half that. of the season is awesome so Who was that it's a comparison this is chris reddington from new zealand so lots of love to chris i was supposed to read this like weeks ago he's he's got another part another comment as well that i'm going to read i here. like that i like that comparison i like that that is very nice that's and this, this was his, i told him i was going to read it on the air and he said uh, great to hear from you. I live in the backwater of the world, so it's a nice surprise for me today. I'm honored that you read my email in your show, which I was supposed to do after episode five, but I'm finally doing it now. So hopefully you're still with us, buddy. So let me know in the comments or send me an email to make sure I know you read this and send me an email for the finale as well. This uh, the subtleties. I really of the... like that. I didn't even think about that. I like the. I, I really like that. That's and 
here we go. The subtleties of the writing on Better, on Better Call Saul are deep and wide. Oh, you want to hear what else is deep and wide? No. I wasn't suggesting that the only reason Chuck exists was to program a certain creative question about following another hugely successful creative work. Just that there is much more renaissance, yeah, resonance in the dynamics between the two brothers with the internal need to have a good fiery furnace at the heart of another full series. How do we improve and keep improving? How do we stay creatively potent and keep discovering? How do we never get complacent? Wow, he's smarter than I can talk. Brotherly love and brotherly antagonism. Like you, I also believe the fifth is the last series. They use the Greek model of five acts. Number one, protagonist has a dilemma. Number two, dilemma dilemma deepens. Number three, protagonist faced extreme resistance. Number four, the protagonist goes to trial. Number Number five, the denouement. Also, yes, Kim will leave this season. Actually, my growing theory is that she's going to go to jail. She will get, and a couple people have said this as well, she will get involved in a huge scam when she uh, went dreamy-eyed with those models, uh, and Jimmy will punk out and drop on her. I'm not sure if that will go on. Uh, The dramatic poetry is that they'll both trade underground this season, but only Jimmy can handle it due to his instincts to survival and personal denial, separating his morality as Saul. The profoundly simple logo with M above the line and the W below the line binds them and separates them in a number of beautiful and tragic ways. Saul is a state of human denial, but I think they will meet up as Gene and Kim next season and reconcile their pain. A few extra thoughts, probably bogus, but I'll tune in, motherfuckers. Take care. So that is Chad Reddington. Thank you so much. You get our motherfucker of the award. I'm going to give you one more fucking drink. You get our motherfucker award. The motherfucker of the night award, I was supposed to say, but it didn't happen. Uh... He-Man was made to sell toys, and that was awesome, too. Saul Goodman will make amends with Jesse and Skylar at the end of the series. Nebraska, yo, I left you one more message. So let's. I'm going to take one more drink, and we'll leave off on, uh, on Jay's last messages here. So here we go. Let's play this. Come to think about it, I'm starting to think it's even more Kim's fault, because not only is she Jimmy's lawyer, she's Jimmy's partner as a con artist, and Jimmy's, like partner as like a girlfriend or like a life partner or whatever okay so basically if she did not press him and figure out that i'm gonna play the rest of jay's message here we're gonna let oh, jay i gotta say there's something wrong with the universe jay and i have been like on point together the walking dead's coming the walking dead's coming soon joe the if you if you're ever gonna make it to an episode of the walking dead all so, season we have been on point with each other jeffrey towns and i i wanted to say in the live chat before it swung by but uh, uh, and we'll get back to Jesse's message. Uh, J- Sal Goodman will make amends with Jesse and Skyler. No, I left you another message. So we know that currently in summer 2004, and Saul was hired on Breaking Bad in 2008. How will they bridge the gap? Well, they did go in a, a year in a second here. There was another message I wanted to read, but I lost it. Fuckers. Which one? The later ta- laser tag? No, no, no. I, I I saw I saw it some I saw it somewhere. I'll, I will deleted it. Fucking dirty bastard. You dirty see it? I see it right there. You read it, and then Hannibal O'Neill took it away. He's such a bastard. That Hannibal. Fucking mad. He was gonna read your message, Hannibal. You ruined it for yourself. Man, he ruined it for my he ruined it for me. He ruined it for me because Hannibal always wrote a good message. <laughs> cheers. Uh, Hannibal says cheers, motherfucker. I think most shows are, okay, so let's play the rest of uh, Jay's message. Sorry, Jay. Sorry, Jay. I cut you off when you're when Joe's agreeing with you. He wasn't going to say anything without 
with uh, about Chuck, um, uh, because he like because of how he feels about him. First of all, she didn't figure that out. She doesn't know him as either of those three things I mentioned: as a lawyer, as a girl, as a as a boyfriend, or as a, as a him with um as a as a partner, Carnotters or whatever. Okay, he like all of those things would require you. He man was awesome. Uh, and Jay, again, I'm going to play the rest of your message. Jeffrey Townsend can't seem Kim being gone after the season. I agree. And I think just to be fair to the emailer, uh, that message was written. Both those emails were written after episode five. And in episode five, I could still see a scenario where Kim's leaving after the season. At this point, with one episode left, I can't see next week being Kim's last episode. I tend to agree with what Joe was saying earlier that episode two or three of next season will be the end of the Kim storyline. You pick up, on or not the end, and then we might see her again in the Gene timeline because of that shit he got out of the wall could be for Kim. Things and and pay attention to things. So she didn't pick up on that. That is completely her fault. Okay, because she is too oblivious or too stupid or too something to not figure out how to do it. And don't give me she couldn't bring it up. She like as 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 all three of those things. She should have figured out how to bring it up. She should have either gone like some tough route and just said, "Hey, look, if you don't do this, you won't can get your goddamn thing that." Like, or she should have conned him into it, like finagled it somehow. She should have just been straight up honest. Whatever route it would have taken, she should have been able to figure it out. Uh, and her not figuring it out makes it her fault. Okay. So yeah, so Jay, J, uh, Jay and Joe, it's like the the, the JJ Pierre. I, I you know, get, yeah, they should have prepped. They should have prepped. They should have grilled and prepped and questions, hundreds of questions. Answer this one over and over and over and over again. So Joe, like flashcards of of a hundred questions, and I'm just gonna keep randomly asking you, and you fucking keep. So, Joe, next week you're not going to be with us for the Better Call Saul finale or the Walking Dead premiere because you have to work on both occasions. So we will do a What Did Joe Think sometime next week. When are you done with your work thing? Wednesday, maybe? Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday morning. So Wednesday morning or Thursday morning. Uh, I have some house shit going on one of those two days. I will we'll figure out what day works, and we'll do a What Did Joe Think About the Walking Dead premiere and what he thought about the better call Saul season finale also we're th we keep threatening to do it but at some point we are going to talk about ozarks or do a netflix roundup where we talk about a couple shows that we're catching up that maybe some that i've watched that joe hasn't watched and some that we've watched together also i mentioned it earlier sometime in october probably the last big podcast Besides the Walking Dead stuff that's going to be done in in here before I move out in November, uh, we I, we got to figure out the right day to do this. But uh, Marvel's X, Marvel's X Men Marvel's Daredevil is coming back, and we've often thought about maybe getting together for a day and binging it and doing a full watch podcast sort of adventure. So m this might be the time, Joe, or at least do it like we did with Jessica Jones, where we watched three episodes over the uh, for over a couple of day period of time and uh and and hold ourselves I wanna, to binge I still want to do the, the the 
the one watch talk, one watch talk. One right, watch right. Talk. Okay, so this is what we were thinking about doing. We're thinking about having a day, probably maybe not the day it comes out. We'll have to figure out the convenient day with Joe's work and me and Stephanie's availability and all that sort of shit too. What we want to do is have a day where we binge watch the entire series, but we're not going to be live watching broadcasting it. What we're going to be doing is watching an episode, then coming in and recording a podcast or or doing, I think recording something probably, recording our immediate thoughts. And then we get to the last episode, uh, or, or are we going live? We, we have to I figure it out. it was live, but either way. Okay, we might go live. Maybe we'll if do it. If we a- record it, it means you have to, like, edit it right. shit after. Yeah, okay, we'll so probably go live. You. Probably either go way, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not doing multiple yeah, that's takes. A, that's so. true. That's true. That's not that <laughs> either way, it's live. So most likely we'll go live or something. And maybe we'll even do some of them from the phone. We'll we'll, we'll change and that, things up. And if we go live, that affords everybody out there the opportunity to then go plop on your couch and watch right. the episode while we're watching right. it. And so and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna put, we're gonna do it over an eleven hours. Boom, right. done. And the, one day the podcasts are gonna be very short. We're gonna set a time clock. They're gonna be like twenty five minute 10, casts. Twenty five. Yeah. yeah fi- fi- 50, maybe we're going to try to do it in less. It's going to be like 25 minutes or less podcast. Maybe even less. We should probably stick to 15 minutes. If Yeah, let's try. We'll set a time. We'll even set a timer. We're going to set a 15-minute timer that the broadcast is going to shut off in 15 minutes. We can do that. We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll do it. Oh, yeah, we'll figure something out. we got to figure out the logistics, but we are going to do that for Daredevil. We're going we're to figure that out. It's going to be one day. We're going to do it. A lot of them might be phone streams that we're doing in the, by the end that we don't want to come in the other room, and we're just like, yeah, let's just put it on the phone. Hey, this is what we thought of this episode. I mean, most, it's going to be a long day. Most likely, most of them will be that. Hey, well, this is this is we'll do we'll, we're going to do those. We're going to do selfie sticks from the couch. So, uh, but that's coming in. It's going to happen. I can't believe I'm actually going to watch the Walking Dead season premiere. I can't believe Joe's not going to be here for it. It's going to be – he's so happy. He, this is another one of those situations where I, I'm – con- not make me happy. I'm convinced he asked to work. So <laughs> – I did not ask to work. <laughs> no. I can, I'll, I'll photocopy the paper. No, you don't bring have to photocopy. I'll bring it. I'll bring it. You're, you're, I, know you, I know you are. I know you're going to we'll, – we'll share that. We'll share Joe's paperwork on the show next week. But everybody, I'll be back or next week to talk uh, – to talk, to talk, uh, Better Call Saul series finale or series four finale, and I'll be alone to talk the Walking Dead premiere. David will be joining us after episode two, but I will touch base with David and see if maybe he can join on me for episode one as well to play fill in host for Joe, and then get Joe back for episode three. And also, Joe and I will be doing a What Did Joe Think? next week after better call Saul and the walking dead probably on wednesday or thursday and i'm also trying to get live one day this week to talk about a game of thrones art show that's being put together that were nice enough to send me some materials to babble about that so i'm looking forward to talking about that as well too so we're amping things up a little bit but honestly between now and the end of november until i'm in the new studio place i'm so like antsy that it's that's tough to uh get too much traction as we're starting to pack up everything for the move but things might be moving to the phone a little bit more for the temporary solution once things start getting packed up but you guys been awesome and joe thank you for joining me tonight no thanks for having me we'll talk to you guys next time later peace